0: Yeah, like, and I, you know, Bowser, he's a commanding personality, certainly people notice his comings and goings, like, (laughs) just tell me what this motherfucker (laughs) is.
1: episode of the Imperial Scrolls of Honor podcast uh, I am Josh Folan, and I am Jeff Burns and we are going to be talking about the early days of console gaming as we go through the uh, the periodicals that covered it Nintendo Power Sega visions and GamePro and here in this this initial uh, episode we are covering Nintendo Fun Club news issues one through three so, uh, to kick things off, I want to, uh, establishing our segment order here, uh, for the first time, uh, I'd like to talk about, uh, kind of what we're playing now just to, uh, you know, give some modern context of what we're into relative to obviously all this nostalgic shit that we'll be, we'll be talking about on a regular basis. Uh, what, if anything, are you playing right now? Jeff? Uh, it's it's funny because it's not, um,
0: uh, modern context. I'm still playing, uh, Master of Orion 2. Yeah. Yeah. I just finished up a game. Uh, I was always playing with uh, with the custom races, and I would always use uh, the creative trait, and it's just so overpowered. So I started not doing that, and it actually makes you have to learn the game. Um, so I just played a game, and uh, I was able to win. The psilosoids gave me a hard time, but uh, in the end, I exterminated them. <laughs> nice, which is the goal. That is the goal of Master of Orion. Not necessarily. I, I sometimes try to keep like a multicultural thing going on, and any races that I tend to conquer, I'm pretty good, but these guys really pissed me off, so uh, <laughs> genocide was on the uh,
1: was on the list. <laughs> uh, I, do, I remember when you—obviously, uh, I, I had the first one, Master of Orion, the first one, and we played the shit out of that, and I loved that. Uh, and you got towards the tail end before I moved out. I remember you getting Master of Orion two and i tried it and it was too i don't know there's just too much going on it was it was way more complicated and way more things to deal with it's uh, uh
0: it's micromanaging and that is a valid criticism of it <clears throat> right
1: uh and i mean well you know th- all those games and, and i love you know i love civilizations i love uh games like that usually and i like i said i loved the first one but the jump in the micromanaging from one to two was huge yeah um, I might, and granted I was a lot younger too, I haven't really tried it recently, maybe in my uh, elder years here, or a little older, and a little more mature, maybe I would dig it, um, it's something I wouldn't mind trying. Yeah, I, I recommend it, it's a good game. How yeah. about you? Uh, I, uh, kind of a, I'm playing a very scattered range of things right now, uh, I actually, I downloaded recently uh, the Day of the Tentacle Remastered, which is the sequel to Maniac Mansion.
0: Oh, uh, right, right.
1: Yeah, I downloaded the mobile uh, remastered version of that, and I've been playing that, and it's super fucking fun, and certainly, you know, those Ron Gilbert point-and-click scum games, LucasArts things are awesome games, and they're so clever, and the writing is so good, uh, and a lot of the things, the criticisms you could you could uh, have about Maniac Mansion are alleviated in the sequel, and it's super fun. And, and, I you know, I don't have any, I'd never played it before, and I've never, I don't have any, like, pre-existing knowledge and i'm trying to i have now googled a couple things uh, because those games kind of have some just sticking points that just some of the stuff is so obscure and weird that uh the that the, the designers expect you to figure out uh and so nuanced that there's just no you know unless you have them sitting there <laughs> and you, you have the same brain as them there's just no way to discover some of these things on your own I think uh right. so I've done a little bit of it but I'm trying to do a minimal amount of that um and actually experience it you know for the first time which is what I always try to do uh especially for a story-based game uh, or a puzzle solving game like what's the challenge or fun of it if you're not trying to if you're googling everything that's um, nice, then why do it right uh, so doing that, uh, I just recently built after I beat Zelda on Switch, uh, which was consuming all my time, uh, is when I kind of started all these different things. I started Red Dead Two, so I've been periodically playing Red Dead Two on my PS4, uh, which is a fucking whole undertaking too. Uh, I'm not still, I'm still probably a third of the way into it. And I'm not sure how I feel about it. It's it's also micromanagey, and the story is great, but everything you're kind of you're either forced down this very specific story path or you're just doing completely pointless shit, which is like there's no in-between, which kind of I love Skyrims and a lot of the Bethesda games because they allow you to jump between the main quest and ancillary shit, you know, at will and you don't really even know maybe that you're doing it. And this it's like it's very clearly defined whether you're doing a story task or whether you're doing a fuck off task right. and that kind of takes me out of it a little bit. Yeah, uh,
0: I I think I might buy that game when the price goes way, way down and give it a shot. But I'm not a cowboy story guy, so,
1: right. Yeah, I don't know. I'm still not sure how I feel about it. <clears throat> it the, the story is good, though. It is one of the better stories in a game I've seen. So okay. I, I will give it that credit. Uh, kind of dark and depressing, like I like all my stories. <laughs> 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 uh, and then Also, I just downloaded uh, Overcooked 2 for my Switch. Uh, just so I have something on my Switch after Zelda was done uh, to play, and it's have you do you know anything about this game? I know nothing about that. Oh my god, dude! It's a, it's like a, it's a party game. It's kind of in the vein of, of Mario Party type stuff where you're doing, uh, you're basically these cooks in a kitchen, and it's a multiplayer game, uh, and you, you, you kind of, you're, you're cooking literally, and there's all these like minute uh, tasks you got to do, like you know, in a given stage, like okay, say maybe it's a burger stage, and you have to basically cook the burger you have to you know slice and cook the burgers then slice the cheese put the buns on the plates keep keep cleaning the plates as they come back and it's like all these little uh, multitasking capability or or multitasking jobs you got to deal juggle Mm -hmm. while the environments also get kind of crazy like some of them are on like a fucking hot air balloon or something like they do something environmentally to make it more difficult Uh, super fucking fun though and like just literally pointless uh, it's the equivalent to re- reality television, you know, <laughs> just like literally right. pointless uh, uh, gameplay uh, with challenge to it, you know. Is so. is that one uh, dark and depressing too? No, it's not. It's super fun and cute. It's very <laughs> Nintendo. Uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, I mean that's kind of out of out of my wheelhouse too, and to some regard, but uh, it's so much fun that I can get past that. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured it wasn't dark and depressing. <laughs> yeah, you know, no, it's, yeah, it's. it's it's ultra cute dude there's a super cute little dog in it uh called like it's got a person's name rick or something Mm -hmm. uh yeah it's super super cute game all right um yeah okay so cool that's what we're playing now and i guess let's go ahead and considering this is we have these first whole three fucking issues to deal with even though they're kind of short uh i'm sure it will take some time so let's get rolling at the uh, cover of Nintendo Fun Club News, Volume 1, Number 1, and that song that brought us in here was uh, the Waterworld song in Super Mario Bros. 1, which this uh, issue covers uh, or touches on a lot. Jab and I decided that was the most interesting song from that game um, of all those amazing legendary tracks. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, so yeah, we're looking at the cover here, and... um, I think probably maybe the most interesting thing on the cover to me was the fact that there is a uh, a price on it, a newsstand price, and it's <laughs> steep. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I mean, even in today's dollars, 250 yeah. for a six page, this entire issue is six pages, uh, for a six page tricolor <laughs> periodical. Two fifty is a fucking pricey number.
0: That Uh, jumped out at me too. It was (laughs) that seemed high.
1: (laughs) Yeah, very high. I'm Uh, thinking like fifty cents, like max. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Honestly, and the you know if you really dive into the uh, the history of this thing, I mean, this they created these as you know basically you mailed in when you bought a system, they would have like a card them to join the Nintendo Fun Club. Uh, and there were one of the perks of joining said club, which was basically just putting yourself on a mailing list for them, um, was getting this newsletter. And so it was free. They didn't charge. These never were on newsstands. They were never uh, uh, ever charged for at any point, so it's super fucking weird that they put this incredibly high price on here right. uh, with no, uh, no plan of actually selling uh, at least this issue. I did dive diving deep into it. Uh, they did apparently plan on selling them down the line, uh, but there were no there was no intent whatsoever to ever to sell this right. um, at least as far as I could find. So I find it very interesting they they put that on there. I guess maybe they were just conditioning you to be okay with, <laughs> with paying a high
0: price. Yeah. <laughs> See, I didn't know that. I guess, like, it, it's even stranger they put a price on there at all then,
1: you know. But, right. uh, yeah, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so, and so this is Winter 87, by the way, just to give it some time context, too. It's it's uh, Winter 87 is when this came out. So um, a long time ago. So they kick they kick it off with this uh, with, with a letter from the editor, and their editor was Howard Phillips. Which I don't want to do a whole deep dive on Howard Phillips because one, there is a ton of that out there, uh, much of which is more competent and uh, um, knowledgeable than we would ever be able to muster ourselves. So I don't want to do too much on that, but it, he is a very interesting figure. Do you does that name mean anything to you at all, Jab Howard Phillips? Uh. No not really I,
0: I'm learning about him as we go through these things here um, so no nothing dude he
1: he's basically the the you know the all American poster boy that Nintendo chose to represent their brand in America dude it's amazing right. um, I mean he was literally his story is he was working in their warehouse he's credited with the he was like an inventory manager in, in their uh, arcade machine warehouse and he came up got into uh, uh hired into corporate out of there and he like yeah they just like picked like this you know they just wanted someone who like represented america to them and they just pimped his ass out in all these fucking issues as being that it's hilarious right. uh, to me how how uh just unapologetically um they they uh, use him to represent to what you know what i guess what they perceived as their target demographic for this stuff mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so there's a letter from him. He's just welcoming you the, to this fucking little thing they're doing here. Nothing really too interesting about it. Uh, and the first big thing uh, is a Super Mario Brothers piece, which, you know, makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: you would imagine being a flagship and all. Right. Um, what I found interesting about this, the the, the first page here with uh, Mario, that. And I, I never gave it any thought, or even thought that anybody would ever do something like this. But they almost tried to set up like a little bit of like story building and like mythology for Mario.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, one hundred percent. They, it's uh, both these first two issues. Like a big takeaway from it was like, and this is to their credit, you know, from a business perspective, how self-aware they were that these were flagship you know franchise building games because you know i mean they, 30 years later like everything kicks off with mario and zelda and the fact right. that they were able to recognize that and um you know work to build it into what it's become right there from fucking square one is you know a huge business uh hats off to them because um they they because they're right yeah they were they were 100 right to say the least Um, so yeah, that, that is interesting that they just knew that, uh, immediately basically, or, or maybe, maybe they didn't know it, but they decided, uh, and had the foresight and the, you know, planning ability to do so at least, you know, even if they didn't grow them. Right. Right. Uh, which is cool. Um, the, the thing, the thing I wrote down as being the most probably notable thing of this little two thirds of a page piece, uh, was this little, in, in the last paragraph, the, uh, Or towards the end there, these like the little sequence of questions of the dramatic questions they had. Can you help Mario rescue the princess? And what if he reaches the castle only to find that the princess is hidden elsewhere? Right. And what that mentally did for me was took me to one of the most annoying in game copy instances in the history of gaming, from my perspective, which is Getting to the when you beat those initial Bowsers, other than the level eight one in the first Mario, you get that message, Thank you, Mario. But our princess is in another castle, yeah, <laughs> Which,
0: like, oh, uh, <laughs> uh, motherfucker,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and that's like, you know, it seems, I don't know, it just seems thankless to me, you know, like, there's no they're not offering any assistance, they're not like, you know, I think maybe, maybe you might want to go try, uh, um, you know the level 8 castle. Yeah, you know? go yeah, go go check out the level 8 castle. I think I might have seen her over there. But, uh yeah, like I and I, you know,
0: Bowser, he, he's a commanding personality. Certainly people notice his comings and goings. Like
1: <laughs> just tell me what this motherfucker is. <laughs> right. Yeah, you have to have some insight. Yeah. Uh, like yeah, that's funny. Uh yeah, no, the uh, if, to their credit, one thing I'll say to their credit, down the line they did come around a little bit. Mario 3 you know they they had couriers they were they are basically couriers for the, the princess's letters, and she was kind of leading you there and they would give you you know useful items and shit so eventually they came around it's not like they're they, they've always been useless, but here in this initial installment they they definitely could have put in a little more to the to the cause i think <laughs> right yeah that yeah, but here we are <laughs> uh yeah, and then they wrap this thing up with a uh uh, just a shameless pitching of one of their mail order products, uh, one of those first tips and tricks books they had, "How to Win at Super Mario Brothers." Right. Um, you know, which would be kind of set the stage for what this thing would would become, which is basically one big company advertisement. Um, which, whatever, it's business. That's how it works. Yeah, they're here to make money, right? So, when did you? Since this is our, as it should be, the first thing here, uh, let's talk about. What our first Mario experiences? Do you have a re- recall at all of the first time you played Mario? Where it was, what, how, uh, whatever, anything yeah. about?
0: Um, for some reason, I I can actually kind of vividly picture it. I think, and I don't know the year for sure. I want to say it was like my fourth birthday, which would have been October, eighty-eight. Uh, That's young. And I think I might have gotten Nintendo for that. And my mom and dad were divorcing at the time, so I was staying at my my. Oh, what the fuck is her name? She's a bad person. Uh <laughs> Grandma uh Grandma Hicks. And uh That's the one I was
1: I would go over the house of, right? What's that? That was the one that's your your mom's mom. Mom's mom, right.
0: Okay. That, yeah, in yeah, Amherst on 113.
1: Right. Yeah, I remember going over to her house a few times. Yeah,
0: and I, I we had it set up over there, I think, and I was playing on like a little TV over in a corner or something. And uh I remember playing Mario for the first time there. Amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I similarly I funny <laughs> enough, I think I think Also, my parents might have been either separated or maybe even divorced by then. I don't know, Uh, and I think I was at my. I think I think Mad Mike, my dad, got it for me for Christmas. I want to say, and I was kind of late to the game too. This was, you know, I don't remember this being the year, but piecing it together in my mind, I want to say it's '89, Christmas Mm. of '89, and I had had the Atari Twenty Six Hundred for years, Uh, and you know, '89 is late for Nintendo. You know, I mean, Nintendo had been on the scene for, for what, four years by then? Yeah. So I had been rocking my Atari 2600 and late to the game for a long time. So, you know, I was aware of the NES, I think maybe loosely, but I hadn't played a ton of it. Uh, And, yeah, I remember plugging it in back in. They had the same bedroom. Mad Mike was still living there, Mm -hmm. that same house on 5.11. And uh, I remember plugging it into some, like, a little tiny, probably 13-inch... You know UHF, VHF, dial TV, and yeah, like the the level I remember. I remember being at the the, the huge pit on eight two. I'm pretty sure it's eight two, where you have to jump that huge fucking pit and land and, on the one block. Yeah, and land on the one block. And I remember as 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 getting to that. You know, and it may not have been the. Uh, um, you know, clearly day two. Clearly, it t- I'm sure it took me a while to get there. <laughs> but, but that's the first like sp- specific in game memory I have, and I remember just like being completely like, "There's no way! It's like that's impossible."
0: Yeah, like <laughs> no, really. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> like, it, it was petrifying. It really, it like, and you it, the you couldn't pussyfoot it. I mean, you just had to like, you had to run full speed, jump as far as you could, and then keep
1: jumping. Like, right. yeah, that that shit was yeah. crazy. Yeah, you could not stop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cool. Well, that's, yeah, that's, that's, um, cool. Those are first Mario experiences. Yeah. Uh, also, on this first page, I, I don't know if, uh, one thing that
0: I wrote down and part of this mythology building that they did was they, what was it? The, uh, famous for their black magic, the Koopa turned all the mushroom people into stones, bricks, and dried up plants. So is that, I feel like I may have saw something on the internet about this before, but is that to indicate that, like, all those blocks that you're breaking are, they used
1: to be people? That passage would insinuate that, but yeah, I didn't know about that as far as, like, lore goes. Yeah, like, like I said, that's one of the first
0: things that jumped out at me, and I was like, that's kind of fucking morbid. Like, <laughs> yeah, <that's weird. laughs> Mario's smashing these, like, you know, changed bodies to get, like, a fucking coin. Right. And, you know, he's smashing up his friends. It, there was actually um, a scene like that in Beauty and the Beast, too, where, uh, like, they get inside the house. I think Belle gets inside the house or something in the the manor or whatever, and, like, there's a room where, like... There's just a bunch of like smashed up furniture and everything. And then you come to find out that everybody was turned into different, you know, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Shits. And like the indication would be that like Beast fucking killed a bunch of people in this that's room. Crazy. Well, dude, yeah. I mean, Disney shit is there's a lot of
1: dark shit in Disney right. stuff.
0: Right. Uh, if you start really picking it apart. So that's not at all surprising if you think about yeah. it. But, but two uh, things where they, uh, I don't know what the exact term for that would be, but uh, yeah, you're kind of.
1: What morbid subconscious planting into children's material? Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah Like, yeah. Uh, who knows? That was crazy to me. <laughs> right. But, uh, anyways, moving on.
1: Cool. Yeah, moving on. So uh, the next page uh, gives you a half-page thing on Excite Bike. Which... I really like that game. Yeah, the the I feel the same way. the The actual one-player because one you can't. I don't think you can play. It doesn't have a multiplayer thing, mm-hmm. um, which sucks. Uh, <laughs> and uh, especially for a racing game, like what racing games have no playability to me uh, repeat playability if you can't there's no head-to-head option right. um you know. right. um the one cool thing you can say for it was the level design thing which i remember i probably never even playing the levels maybe <laughs> just literally using the designer to play with and make your own level was a you know not quite Pro Game programming, which I was you know, very much into and wanted to be into as a kid. I was fascinated by whether I was competent at it or not, uh, or even taking the time to really learn it. But uh, it was always interesting to me too. And, and that was a cool kind of like almost uh, opportunity to do that. Right. Uh, I always found cool. But yeah, I was never really... Not too into it. Racing games in general of any kind. I'm not. There's there's a handful of them. I can think of one of them that's
0: fucking awesome. Uh, Diddy
1: Kong Racing might be the only
0: one that I like like really love. <laughs> you know what's funny is so I can think of this game. I can't even think of the title of it. What's the uh that uh, that that truck that truck racing? Game? Yeah.
1: No. Yeah. Yvonne. Uh, yeah. No. I like. That's a fun game. That's that, a super,
0: that is a fantastic game.
1: Yeah. That and actually like RC Pro. I didn't like it as a kid. RC Pro Am. And I, I maybe it was this lack of exposure, but I eventually. As an adult, emulating RC Pro-Am is a pretty fun game, too. Mm. Uh, but, but you know what both those have, though, that make them interesting? There's, like, you're collecting things in both those games. so there's right, like, like,
0: upgrading shit.
1: Right, yeah, it's right. not... There, there's some level of almost a narrative, if you want to call it that, that but there is a progression, a, a story and, progression of some and kind. And some
0: strategy, too. Like, right. you don't have to be, like, the fastest car if you're taking turns tight as fuck or whatever, you know? So it, you, can, you can play it to your, you know, I don't know, however, however the fuck you want to, actually.
1: Right, yeah, that's cool. That's that's a good, good dissection of that idea. Um, cool, See, so, yeah, and then the second half of this is Hogan's Alley. This, our second half of this page is Hogan's Alley, which, <laughs> so, you know, obviously it's a little bit of zapper action, uh, which uh, there weren't a ton of games for, and I don't think I have ever played this. I'm pretty sure. Uh, it doesn't, I looked at a playthrough, and it doesn't look that interesting. It looks very slow and monotonous. Um, so yeah, it doesn't look that great. I mean, honestly, the only... NES, any light zapper fun I've ever had, I think, was
0: uh, Duck Hunt. Yeah. You know? that, it's funny, I saw this thing for Hogan's Alley and it didn't, it like clicked in my head. I was like, I don't even remember any other games except for Duck Hunt that use this thing. And it was actually a pretty cool device. It just, yeah, I don't know, to- it, for whatever reason, it never really took off. As far as I know, at least, but not in my world, it didn't take off.
1: Well, you know what? I, I mean, this is like a, a a macro thing, but you know the the uh, that was part of their initial offering. And like, you know, I, again, I don't want to get into uh, history redundancy here that every fucking podcast is going to have already covered. But you know, the the NES was released at, uh, w- during or right after the crash, the video game crash of '83, which lasted a couple years. You know, so when they were wanting to enter the U.S. market and released this new game system, like, every toy store was telling them to go fuck themselves. Like, we're never... Video games are over. We're never fucking... No chance. <laughs> you know? So to uh, circumvent that, and to get Toys R Us and the like to buy into it, they basically... And this is, again, amazing marketing by Nintendo and strategy. They put that robot and the zapper in... And they called it, like, a playset. It's a toy. It's not a video game. Like, mm-hmm. look at all these tangible toys that come right, with, right you know the video game part of its ancillary you know mm-hmm. uh so that was just like a tactic to get places to fucking sell the thing retailers to sell it and, and they never i mean the, you know the robot it's pathetic their level of software support for it and the zapper you know i mean they a little bit more is out there uh but they, it wasn't ever a focal point software support yeah. wise which you know i don't know if that's a good or a bad thing but it is interesting that they you know that those things were there and that they did not support them necessarily with software. Right. It's uh-huh. uh,
0: also like some, just like some of the the way that they like wrote about these, these features and like, we're only on page two and we're going to go through a, a bunch of all in theory, but like, well, they, they actually had like, you know, what was it here at the end? Yeah. A, a feature of game. Uh, Yeah, where teenage contestants faced up against real policemen. So like, it just—it's. I'm sure policemen are busy and their fucking jobs (laughs) are hard. And like now, uh, Officer John Hunt of Manhattan's 28th Precinct had to like go and fucking shoot this toy gun with a bunch of teenagers at this video screen, and he probably could not have given less of a fuck about it.
1: Oh man, yeah, I actually missed that. I did not clock that. I just lost whatever. That's super interesting. And there's (laughs) a
0: lot of that where they do like. That, like we're gonna come up actually in the next page. There's like a, you know, like all these competitions and shit that they took, you know, TV show actors to and stuff. And it's crazy the amount of effort they went through to like advertise. Well, I guess it's not that crazy, but right.
1: it's just it you is. It's, see shit it. like that anymore. Actually, yeah, now yeah, I agree Yeah, there's a lot. Of, I mean, uh, you know, the this is a total aside, but the the Police Quest games. I was listening to some shit about them recently, and like. You know how that those came to be, and like they ended up. You know, I mean, and and if you're familiar with them, and if anyone listening were familiar with them, like those games, you know, they're fucking so dated and clunky. But the, the those police quest games were so uh like they they were they were so focused on the procedural component of being a police officer, right? Uh The driving around and proper protocol when you pull someone over. It's blah 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 blah. So like they those ended up becoming simulators at some police training things were using too. Oh wow. Uh, so yeah, it's interesting, I don't know, yeah, I guess video games especially early on here kind of how they were tried to be into how they were try how they attempted there were attempts to integrate them into like places in society that I don't know if they had a place in or not, you know, it's it's interesting how, I don't know, experimental I guess, maybe some of these companies were. Right. I think it it turned it's, in the beginning
0: it would had to be a rough go <laughs> because it's hard to simulate any of that shit, but like, you know, in the end, now like it is absolutely a viable way to do training and whatnot. Like I, yeah. even the U.S. military uses fucking literal, literally Xbox controllers in their submarines to control uh, the periscopes. That's perfect because it's a format that
1: literally everyone's familiar with from birth. So why wouldn't you just keep it, right? Yeah, know There's stories about Battlezone, that tank game. One, of, you know, it was a that was a military simulator at one point mm. too, and that was, you know. I mean that was a vector game, you know. <laughs> it's like, right. just like outlines of things. <laughs> right. Uh, so no realism to that at all. Just I guess yeah, the the act of it anyhow that's yeah that's not that's, what we're talking about <laughs> that's a tangent uh so yeah so yeah moving on to the next page the yeah, it is uh uh it's coverage of what they called the super mario a which was in beverly hills of december 87 uh and yeah it was a child celebrity studded event that boiled down to basically famous kids playing super mario brothers for a say no to drugs charity uh yeah some of the people there will wheaton of the film Stand by Me, and I'm not sure which kid he was, but that's a fantastic fucking movie, and uh, and the high score, and and he actually had the high score of the day, which in, which was 239,000, or yeah, 239,400, uh, which is actually not a very high score in Mario, um, but they were probably half-ass paying attention. Somebody tweet this to Will Wheaton and uh, let him know that Josh
0: is talking shit about his score.
1: I'm <laughs> yeah, fucking giving you shit about your fucking 80, 1987. Score. <laughs> People uh, don't forget, Will. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Today's culture, you can't get away from anything. Uh, yeah, and then also uh, Justine Bateman, which was she was a Family Ties, uh, that Michael J. Fox show, uh, and her brother, who is now like the fucking one of the world's biggest movie stars, Jason Bateman. Right. Yeah, uh, I,
0: I, I saw the name and I was like, and I'm not great with actors and shit. I, I don't really care or know, but I was like, Jason Bateman sounds familiar. I look and just to the right, it's just
1: very vividly young Jason Bateman. Yep, no doubt. Yeah, he was on some show I'd never actually heard of. Valerie, it says. So. Never heard of that. Uh, the, the top prize uh, for, for you know, cause basically the idea was kids would go and they were playing against these, these television stars and stuff. Uh, so the top, they, they were giving away prizes to kids who could beat the celebrity they were paired with or paired against. And uh, the top prize uh, for doing that was a, uh, a whopping 19, 19 inches of color tube <laughs> television and a deluxe NES set. Uh, and I tell you what, man, if, if I wouldn't have been in, if we wouldn't have been in Podunk, Ohio at the time uh, and could have rolled in. I actually live right by Beverly Hills now <laughs> in, in California. And if I could have rolled in there and whooped some celebrity kids ass in Mario, I'd have been stoked about fucking a new T, a new 19 inch TV and a fucking deluxe. And yes, right. That's a pretty good. Breath. That's a hot price. <laughs> the Mario
0: in this is fucking creepy, too. It, it's funny because like two things I, I'm. The the, the Mario, like, uh, suit guy, like, the the Mario face is, like, kind of creepy, but uh, I just kind of appreciate, like, uh, and I think Nintendo, now that I think about it, I think this is kind of Nintendo's thing, and they, like, maybe they've always done it, because I'm, like, an Xbox guy, and you just don't see, like, I don't know, it's just, like, they were trying to have fun with this, like, they were, like, inviting people out, and, like, you could see, like, Mario right there, you know, like, he's walking around, and it just, uh, yeah, I just just found this really uh, endearing, I guess. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah. They were yeah, I and mean, they were It's a bunch of people getting together playing video games and having fun, you know. Like no what doubt. the fuck else could you want? Yep. No, I mean, it would make I, you know at,
1: at and that at would the,
0: never happen today like it, it fucking
1: yeah. Not not as not as earnestly no. It would no. be over sponsored and um yeah, I mean it 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 as a kid at the time, I mean, uh, can you? I just, there's just been no, lo- no, no words to describe the level of enthusiasm to be part of the, <laughs> part of that situation. Right. Part of that event. Uh, cool. So, yeah. So then this, uh, so this, the rest of this page has uh, a sneak peek, like basically their, their equivalent of a preview section. Um, and they featured these black box series, uh, kind of loose definition of the word sports, uh, <laughs> pro wrestling and slalom um which uh we actually the next ish next episode gets into and we're the, the we're gonna we're, we're trying to focus we're not gonna get into one of the rules of this i want to just to keep it somewhat moving along we're not really chugging along here uh at, at a very breakneck speed <laughs> but to, to to help with speed a little bit we're gonna try to focus on things that are out uh as far as like really getting into the gameplay of games and stuff so moving on moving on moving on page four uh is is uh <laughs> it's their their first invite to like send in high scores of games which is another just i don't know just a, a great snapshot of a time in history and like where we were at as a culture and like technology-wise and stuff like i think like, like a really amazing archival photography series or photo series would be picture like the pictures that kids would take cuz basically to take one of these pictures for these scores it was a kid with some little shitty camera You know, just borderline disposable 30 they didn't have disposable cameras back then but they should have been disposable uh 35 millimeter cameras taking a picture of their television screen where they had to remember to turn their flash off or it would just be a picture of their their television screen with the reflection of them taking the picture so i would love like an amazing photography series would be a series of those photos of those like misguided photos where the kid messed up and left the flash on (laughs) And there's got to there's be tons of them. Like, yeah, they're yeah. out there. Yeah, they probably are out there. Uh, that would be an amazing thing to see. Um, so, yeah, and, and another like, quick stupid thing I thought about this, like to send these in to be eligible for – like the whole idea was you would send in the score and they would list the high score uh, in the magazine or in the newsletter going forward. Uh, to be eligible to actually be listed, you had to send in the picture that you got right of your TV screen with uh, an official score sheet which was basically a page out of these official score pads that you could order from Nintendo by mail, like, for money. <laughs> right. So basically they were charging kids, or people, clearly the parents in most cases were paying for them right. probably, but to send in these scores. Like, what a fucking racket that was. Well, <laughs> it's, it, apparently
0: microtransactions got started soon, and they've always been here. Right,
1: um, yeah. <laughs> just an archaic... archaic uh, Archaic form, right? Uh, and then some more shit with fucking poster boy Howard Phillips. Uh, it's got a picture of him at his little shitty little office with the NES plane set up. Uh, he looks like a even... fucking dweeb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, super fucking dweeb. Which that's what they want. You know, they want this. This is like this is, you know, it's what they like. I don't know the what this. That's what know. they were going for. I get it. Like... That's what they were they going for. But like, you know, this is like this is what. Nintendo executives, Nintendo of Japan executives uh, trying to enter this market. This is like what they thought it should look like. You know what I mean? This is like their vision of what it should be. You know? Right. Uh, the American adult who would be playing... I don't know. This is very interesting to me. It's, this it's is fun. how people play
0: video games. Like, right. This is the setting that you'll find yourself
1: in. Yeah. A little thing I noticed about the picture is his little setup there doesn't even have any standard issue NES controllers. Like He's got other shit there which is right it it doesn't quite look like an advantage no yeah it's like an arcade joystick you know uh which is what the fuck (laughs) yeah
0: Uh, the nintendo controller is so iconic like you think you would want well it's
1: iconic but also if your idea the idea is that you're testing these games like you know he was like the number one he was supposed to be the expert the the person the last stop before a game went to market so shouldn't he be playing it in the way or experiencing it in the way that the end user would be experiencing it uh, i would agree yeah yeah uh whatever not howard yeah not howard yeah i ain't gotta do i can do whatever the fuck i want i'm howard fellas <laughs> <laughs> uh so then yeah it go, the 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 next page gets into uh a mailbag section um which is you know supposedly letters from players, users of their shit, which were all kind of uninteresting, letter, uninteresting letters uh, that seemed a little, you know, basically like Nintendo just stroking its own ego that maybe, you know, if they didn't write them themselves, they handpicked them to be strokes of their ego. <laughs> right. Oh, for sure. Yeah. hundred yeah. uh,
0: percent. I found Keith McMiller's, uh letter a little interesting. He says, I have some questions, though—oh, wait, hold on. Uh, Dear Nintendo, I must admit I've been hooked. Your selection of games is outstanding, creative, and original, and contains some of my all-time favorites. I have some questions, though. Is the Nintendo system expandable? How many games can I look forward to in the coming year? And the last part, where I find it interesting, and will I be able to buy replacement controllers, or will I have to send them in for repair? Like, how much are you using this to where it needs repaired?
1: Yeah, yeah. And well, then well, I started well,
0: thinking about it. I was like, well, "What are no, you Jesus, planning for that? These controllers is what <laughs> happened.
1: <laughs> Maybe. Or just like, you know, I play these things so much, I anticipate like a very, you know, just a very, very meticulous, uh, precautionary human being that is just, you know, looking forward and wants to have a plan in place, a plan, an action item plan <laughs> to, to, to carry out and ready to its turnkey should his Nintendo controller get fucked up. Right. Uh,
0: and it just like, and Nintendo's response is just, like, it's almost, it, it reminded me of, like, a, like, like, almost like a small business, like, startup to where, like, they they couldn't just, like, brush these questions aside at this point. Like, yeah, you definitely. had to answer these quite like, if, okay, what do we do if the fucking controllers we need repaired, you know, like, because we can't piss these people off. um Yeah, again, like, you would never see that. I, I know even today, like, Xbox or Microsoft will release, like, I've never had one, I don't see the need for it, but, like, Microsoft will release you know super controllers that cost like 120 bucks or something and they fucking suck and break right out of the box and microsoft could not give a
1: fuck no less support. you know i mean uh, you know one caveat to that and like i agree fuck you know especially a company like microsoft but like <laughs> uh you know there's just this is a, a happening at, you know the nes is happening at a time where information and just options for solutions in like in life in general are mm. are more sparing like you can't You know, if you don't have, there's no one, there's no internet to just plug a question into, like literally any question you have now about anything you can find the answer for in nanoseconds. So, you know, they don't need, it's not necessary for them to have the level of curation and support for customer service, which is part of the problem. uh, But, you know, also somewhat to some degree uh, justified because these things are being solved elsewhere, you know? Right. Uh, Uh, it's it's, doing a lot of research for this stuff. It's you know, like there were, there were like, it was like a whole thing to become like Nintendo certified. And like, as Mm a as a, as a repair electronics repair shop, you could like become any Nintendo certified as repair, as uh, an official repair facility for Nintendo stuff. So, right. People would actually take these babies in, like you would get, you know whatever, fixed, uh, like, your car. your Radio Shack, who's <laughs> yeah. Nintendo certified, right. Yeah. Take, take the thing in for fucking, to rotate the tires on your NES. <laughs> right. <sighs> uh, so, yeah, it is interesting. What else is going on here? Uh, so, yeah, so there's the, you get the Pros Corner, which is, like, their first, like, tips and tricks section, uh, which... Uh, you know, it's 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 mostly uh the three titles that were already covered, or it is rather the three titles already covered: Super Mario Brothers, Excitebike, and Hogan's Alley. And it's mostly gameplay stuff that probably should have just been in instruction manuals.
0: <laughs> um, I don't know. Some of them seem tippy and like uh, you know, uh,
1: uh, some of tricky. Very, very little of it. The only one that really stood out to me was the Hogan's Alley one, which seemed like more of a glitch exploitation than an actual tip, which was, it was, you, you pull the trigger rapidly while aiming, like oh, aiming away from the screen and doing that, like every time you pulled the trigger, it would slow the gameplay down. So you could basically give yourself more time to ass, uh, assess and then react to whatever. Acquire your happened. target. Yeah. Uh, which again, yeah, like I said, is less less a tip, I think, than just kind of like the system <laughs> being a little slow. You're like, oh yeah, <laughs> this is fucked up. We should have <laughs> that as a tip. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Uh, so, yeah, so that's not that terribly interesting of a section. No. Uh, so yeah, then, yeah, we're basically closing out this first issue here. And uh, it's nothing really. In, well, there's the ad for their fucking books and stuff. But they mentioned this top score like it's another magazine or newsletter kind of like this, like their own here uh, called top score. That was for the Amusement Players Association, which I had never heard of that. But I, I guess it was just like a game players group of sorts. Uh, it sounds like a regulatory body <laughs> <laughs> <Kinda> <laughs> kind of does thinking. actually They rules or something. They probably were. They probably did. I think they did have, you know, they like recorded top scores. So they, they were kind of a regulatory body for, for scorekeeping. Right. Um, uh, Uh, But I actually dive into, like, doing research on what the hell they were. I found the first issue of that. And I'll I'll put it in the show notes, the link to it, uh, on ClassicArcadeGaming.com. Some Wayne C. was the guy's name. He scanned and put up the the whole first issue of that, which was kind of interesting to look at. So I'll put that in the show notes. And... uh... All right, and that so we're we're into issue two now, and that was the uh, the Ganon's dungeon theme uh, for Legend of Zelda, which this issue um, dives into a lot. The other big flagship title for Nintendo, and this is the summer of '87 issue, and uh, it opens as uh, is customary. <laughs> now uh, another union address from Homey HP Howard Phillips, uh, saying what a success the first Nintendo Fun Club newsletter was. And there's no fucking price on this I issue. Was, I wanted to get to that. Yeah, there's not <laughs> a price on it. I was able so to learn their lesson, um, and, or maybe just decided that uh, we actually probably can't or don't want to sell these things, especially uh, for two dollars and fifty cents. <laughs> especially for that fucking price. So the lead the lead feature uh, is Legend of Zelda, and um, you know we already you know, we already touched on it kind of how you know commendably self aware they were to, to know that these were the things that that. that they need to be pumping uh the strongest um and <laughs> i don't know I, maybe it's overcritical and this is just a little newsletter and whatever but i feel like the art work here leaves much to be desired. I mean, the <laughs> these fucking the Octrock and Tektite illustrations on this first page kind of look like they were drawn by grade schoolers, and I feel yeah. like even if we're not taking it seriously here at Nintendo, we could have put a little more into Like, certainly somebody in your in your
0: company could draw better than that. <laughs>
1: yeah, you, well, yeah, I don't know, man. Actually, if you think about it, this was probably the entire team for this actual newsletter might have been I mean, the company. Yes, there had to be a better artist. Right. Out. That's what I mean. Uh, but maybe they didn't have access to those resources. Maybe this was like a little redheaded stepchild of of the company at the time. And well, I
0: noticed going through the, just these three um, issues that they actually get noticeably better. Issue one, two, and three. Like oh, yeah, 100%. three. Of the artwork's actually pretty good.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, they have, the third one has a real cover. I mean, I you know I I touch on that. Like the the third one looks like a real magazine. Right. These first These first two are one hundred percent like. Just, you know, like a little middle school
0: newspaper level. (laughs) uh, And they actually had enough time in between these er, episodes. I keep doing that. Issues um, where they could actually, like, you know, get some feedback
1: and make improvements that would show up in the next one, you know, 100%. Um, So, yeah, so so this little piece here, you know, half of it's about gameplay, uh, which everyone's played Legend of Zelda. We don't really need to get into that. And uh, the other half is kind of touting the... um, the main you know the, the, the big breakthroughs uh, uh, marketing and technology wise with this particular cart uh, which was the safe cap- the battery backup save capability you know which was this was the first title to have that uh, you know in Japan these days they, they had the the, the, the disk system uh, that allowed some writing capability and saving games but in the, in the US we didn't have that. So this was the first time that you didn't have to rely on either beating the whole fucking game in one sitting or some fucked up password system uh, to save your to save your game and or come back and play uh, from from somewhere uh, other than the beginning, um, and that's obviously amazing, and incredibly revolutionary, and whatever. And it's amazing to me. I was actually watching that Jeremy Parish uh, Zelda NES GameWorks thing last night. Uh, it's, the carts, the batteries still work in those fuckers. <laughs> yeah? Like, if you if you score yourself a copy of Nintendo, or a copy of Zelda, rather, for NES, one of those gold carts, you will, the, a lot of them still save reliably, which is incredible oh. think about it. The only, <laughs> the only
0: experience I have with that is, I think I still have our original uh, Dungeons & Dragons game for Sega, which is a great game uh, for anybody who hasn't played it. Uh, RPG, fantastic, but uh, I think I plugged it in, oh man, seven, eight, nine years ago, and it wouldn't save. Like, the battery was fucked, so. Really? Uh, not, well, apparently not the case for all games with battery
1: backup. Sega and Nintendo were two different outfits. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Which we, we will get into that. <laughs> well, but having
0: <laughs> said that, the battery backup thing is, you know, I, I would imagine pretty similar. Yeah. Probably.
1: Um. Not to suggest that Sega is subservient to Nintendo. There was a time I think where I, well, I definitely was a Sega first. But, anyways, um, so yeah, uh, one of the, the other, yeah, the, the battery thing, and then the fact you know they they pitched this as like you know they made the cartridge as I said gold, and like that was you know they they were you, the actual box uh, had a see through panel on it so you could see the actual gold, the gold cartridge, cartridge inside the box. You know, so uh, again, like you know the. A lot of interesting marketing things that they did that were, you know, cool and made them what we remember them as today, which is really mm-hmm. cool. Um, they did misspell at the end of this, though. They misspelled the phrase role play. I wrote that they, down in my notes. They spelled it with two L's, like rolled yeah. out a hill instead of with a fucking <laughs> <deep>, which is <laughs> uh, funny. Like, that's probably, that's probably not a typo. The person writing this probably didn't know the difference at the time because role playing... It, I don't know, like, you know, other than Dungeons and Dragons, where did that word or that phrase get used? Certainly.
0: You know, you know, that's interesting. Yeah, probably not in video games, not until, like, this game and the ones that came after. So, yeah, give them a pass on that one. <laughs> yeah, interesting. <clears throat> interesting, nonetheless.
1: Uh, so, yeah, so that's the Zelda piece. And then um, we turn the page to our first sports expose here. Uh, and again loosely using the word sports uh pro wrestling in particular but uh the three games are slalom pro wrestling and volleyball and jabs actually jabs first little random obscure music ditty falls into this section here with volleyball so we'll listen to that real quick And that's the opening title sequence on, on volleyball, which is, I think, a very Nintendo-y sounding little ditty. Uh, is, is, is... It sounds very Nintendo-y. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Fun little, fun little ditty. Um, so these three fucking games, man. Okay. <laughs> did, you, did you pull any of these games up? Uh, no. No, I didn't. Oh, my God. I played all three of them real quick. Uh, okay. So, Slalom. Uh, <laughs> I, actually, I like the tagline. How fast can you shoosh? That's shoosh. Fun. Right. Yeah, yeah, that is fun. Uh, but uh, way more fun than the actual game. Uh, I, I, I never played this, so I fired, yeah, I put emulate Nostopia, pulled up controls were all kinds of fucked up, um, keeping you on target. Uh, and the goals were really poorly defined, like within the levels. Like I didn't really, granted, I'm not, you know, I'm not a skier. In the analog world either so maybe they would be if you were a skier you would inherently know what you're supposed to do i doubt it uh, yeah i did i definitely <laughs> did not though uh yeah fuck that game i didn't dig that game at all uh pro wrestling i remembered it fondly and you know i'm not i don't I actually oddly watched royal rumble last night <laughs> i got invited. my buddy sonny <laughs> invited me over for a royal rumble party and i just went over because i hadn't seen him in a while uh and, uh, man, wrestling's interesting these days. But um, certainly not a, a big wrestling fan. I was a little bit into it as a kid. But, you know, it's never been, like, my thing, really. Uh, but I do I remember this game fondly. And it still was pretty damn fun pulling it up okay. and playing it right now. Uh, it, You know, I didn't even wrestling games are so much predicated on like the moves you can do and stuff, you know, like the grappling stuff that you can do. And the idea of having being limited to two buttons, you know, seems like it would make it, there wouldn't be many options on that front, but it actually, there was a range of things you could do. And I didn't even look up the buttons and I still had fun like figuring it out. And it was intuitive enough to where I could play. And and it actually looks pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. it's not bad at all. Some of the characters are interesting. You know, the Amazon guy, the Starman guy, um, yeah it's not not a bad game at all and then last one volleyball uh it's not it's not a good game by any length you know it was in that for this first run of black box game black box games that they released uh i i found it interesting a, a pretty big localization team fail uh on this there's seven national teams in this game none of which are u.s for a u.s release of a game which is you know not to say every game or every sport needs a US representative necessarily, but I think if you're releasing a game in the US, not a bad idea. Like a uh, big market like that, you'd think you'd kind of shoot for it a little bit. Yeah, you think. With, with the, USA has a team in hockey and the Americans aren't any good at hockey. Right. <laughs> uh yeah, I tried it for a few minutes and it's not you know, the controls are not also not that intuitive, but I, I did see kind of there was potential for it to be fun. I could see if you fucking sat down and got a little bit good at it, it did have some mechanics, and I kind of started to somewhat enjoy it. Okay. Uh, as I was, I was like, I'm not gonna spend more than five games or five minutes of my life <laughs> on this game. But uh, if I chose to do so, and uh, many years ago when there were fewer options, uh, I think maybe it could have been a little bit fun. Right.
0: Uh, you'd also have to, I think, be into volleyball, and we were not. So yeah, definitely. That's not. Oh, no, man, thing.
1: that's that's something I, in the analog world. I will play. It doesn't happen often. The opportunity to play volleyball is not a common occurrence, but uh, it is something I will play as a, that is kind of fun. I was actually I went to a, a party over the summer, my first my first L.A. beach party. Jab, I went to. Oh. We played a little bit volleyball, beach volleyball, and it was fun. I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah, thanks.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I thought this was funny. The the teams that they picked, the the nations they picked. They all mostly make sense. And maybe like they're like, you know, back then these were like the premier teams in some sort of worldwide volleyball shit. I don't know that. But like, okay, Russia. Yeah, that makes sense. China, Cuba, Japan, Brazil, Korea. Like, yeah, those all make sense. The last one, Tunisia. (laughs) Why? How did they pick Tunisia and not like Turkmenistan?
1: They they must have been a dope ass fucking volleyball team dude. We I should...
0: wonder if that's the case. <laughs> Cuz <'Cause> that's <laughs> like that's like one of the most obscure countries
1: like They're pro- they're probably like the gold medalist team of, of the what would have been I guess the 80 what 86 Olympics? Uh, no, 80, 80, it would be 88 84 84 Olympics. Right. Or no, uh, yeah. Summer, right? That that would have been summer 84 88. Yeah, those are the summer yeah. Olympics. Were those in Moscow that? Yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, I, I, I should look
0: into that because I was like, oh, that is a fucking random country to throw into a video game.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, like nice
0: nobody sp- I know could pick that out on a map.
1: Nobody. No yeah, no question. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not bad with geography, and, yeah, I have no fucking idea where that is. Right. Uh, nice obscure pickups. Yeah, but I, I glossed over that as well. <laughs> <laughs> and I played the game. You didn't even play the game.
0: So,
1: you know, <laughs> fucking, I'm reading the things, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so then we get into another pros corner tips and tricks. Uh, Two thirds of it is more uh, Super Mario action. Yeah. Um, a thing that I clocked here that uh, was amusing to me was you know, they have another fucking pitch to order their How to Win a Super Mario Brothers book. And then they immediately proceed to disclaim that by saying most of the tips here are not in said guide, <laughs> which to me is pretty shit marketing considering, you know, the relatively baseline level of most of the things that, that are covered here, tips and tricks wise. So like what the fuck is in your strategy guide? Right. <laughs> yeah. So what exactly would I be paying for? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. I didn't notice that actually.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, but... The only
0: thing that jumped out to me on this, I didn't read it all, but like the 50,000 points, uh, trick for yeah. Mario, which I was not familiar with, but like, there's no fucking way <laughs> I would <laughs> risk I that.
1: Exactly, dude, I wrote down fucking impossible. Yeah. No <laughs> fucking way, dude. Yeah, so basically what, what he's saying there is there's, there, it mentions that if you if you, you get 50,000 bonus points, if you can grab the golden axe behind Bowser, so like any, any of the Bowser castles prior to the last, I'm assuming, um, if you can, maybe even the last one too, I don't know, but if you can grab, land on the axe behind him, jump over him, land on the axe behind him just as the timer shows all zeros. So like not as the zero, cause you get the second while it shows zero. I think, I think, I don't think it goes to zero until, uh, like it goes to zero after you get below one second. So you have that full second to get o- to, 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 to b- before the timer actually expires. Right. And if you can land on the fucking ax inside that, I guess, uh, whatever their h- however, the, maybe one frame. I wonder what their actual time, uh, I think I think Nintendo runs at 60 frames a second. I want to say so maybe maybe one sixtieth of a second. Uh, <laughs> so 59 sixtieths of a second is what I'm getting at here. You have to land on the axe, and uh, if you are able to do that, you get 50,000 bonus points. Who the fuck is able to time that though? That's insane. That's, no that's absolutely batshit insane. It's, uh, it's so much risk for absolutely no reward. <laughs> yeah, I mean if you're well, if you're going for a high score, if you're trying to like. You know, if you're trying to if you're trying to win that deluxe fucking NES set and 19 inch color TV, uh, and beat Jason Bateman at the right. fucking Beverly Hills event, dude, you might want to go for it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I guess. But uh, and and the, and the next episode, or episode damn it, uh, the next issue, they they do do they they list some uh, some high scores, and they're like, you know, nine hundred ninety nine. Thousand nine hundred and fifty yeah, yeah, yeah. points. So maybe these people were actually doing that trick. I don't know. I I would never. I'm way more conservative than that. I would never <laughs> risk it. Well,
1: that's the thing. If you're doing the competition for the NES, dude, no risk, no reward. I know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <Lord and laughs>
0: favors the bold, I guess. But I, I I guess I wouldn't have a place there at those competitions. I just right. want to have fun. Those fucking Bowser battles are stressful, man. Like I don't know the last time you did one, but uh, yeah.
1: they're that, not easy. The fireballs. If you don't have the fireballs. It's not an easy thing to fucking get over his ass. Right. So especially to integrate having to. Time that I mean, yeah, that's just that's insane no in a way. That's like that's like uh, speed run type. You know, you're not even playing the game; you just know what to do for each second. You know what I mean? You're not even actually playing a game and reacting. you just mechanically doing things. Flowchart, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> as far as other things here, uh, they did cover the uh, fairly difficult to master unlimited lives trick. Uh, with the turtle on the stairs, which ideally you're doing in, in, in world three one, but there are other opportunities that are that are lesser uh, in the game. Well, they cover it in totally casual fashion, like no big deal, uh, yeah. as if it's not like as if it doesn't require absolute precision. To you got to step on him at the right place to stop him on the step and not have it bounce off and hit you in the fucking face. And then you got to start like where you start jumping on it needs to be at the exactly right pixel. Or you again? Yes, it will hit the fucking. You'll you'll be too far down or too far up. It'll either fly under you or again hit you in the face, and you won't get past the first stomp on it. You know what I mean? Right. So, they don't mention it. They don't explain enough of that, basically, for it to actually work. I can't imagine how many kids like threw their fucking Nintendo controller trying to yeah, do that. Like, this is really not <laughs> real. It <laughs> might be covered in the
0: uh, in that strategy guide that they were trying to <laughs> sell <laughs> earlier. <laughs> That might be it. They want to cover it in more detail.
1: It should say that, that, though. If you really want to be, you know, we're praising them for all their marketing. If you really want to be a good marketer, you need to have a thing that doesn't work there well enough and then explain where you can find the solution and search them for the (laughs) solutions. Yeah, I never did that. You were much better at it than I was. I always fucked it up and, you know. Yeah, I can definitely do it. I remember doing that again. uh, uh, Mad Mike had bought like a. it was I mean, it was probably only like a. 30 some inch television but it was you know a 30 some inch television is just yes a goliath uh mm-hmm. i remember he got it for free and i remember plugging the, the nes in out there to play it and playing mario and i remember doing it on that television in the living room okay the, uh yeah like being because you know the the once you get past I think even 10 lives or something, it starts to turn into, maybe it's at 100, it starts to turn into, like, the, when you start a level and it shows how many lives you have left, it sh- it's not even numbers, it shows, like, weird characters, like little half, uh, like symbols and shit, yeah, squares, crowns, and stuff like that, Right. Uh, as opposed to numbers, so I, I forgot that. about that interesting stuff and there's another glitch exploitation tactic too on here to close out the, the pros corner where this is again just like what the fuck but basically you can <clears throat> you can get there's a, the thing you can do i think it involves a bowser some bowser bullshit too but where you can get a fireball power up while still having the small mario sprite so you turn to that white and red sprite uh, but in the small half size mario uh size i guess i don't know right which is interesting never did that before that would have been cool probably to see as a kid maybe now too maybe I'd, maybe i'd find it interesting now too um anyways moving on to maybe my one of my favorite things in all the universe which is a full page mm-hmm. <clears throat> nes advantage feature um holy shit i love this controller <laughs>
0: yeah did you have your own because i know i had one yes no i 100 percent did i remember i yeah
1: like i remember oh, just you oh, such incredible i mean he was really good huge like huge metal bottom like it took up your entire lap when mm-hmm. your kid's size you know uh had a fucking so yeah it had like the heavy metal bottom so it you know again kind of gave it like some real stability you know uh The massive phallic arcade joystick, uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) adjustable turbo dials so you could like change the rate of your your, um, turbo speed, you know, and uh, the slow-mo feature, which not a ton of utility (laughs) in actual practice, uh, but a cool feature to have on a controller nonetheless, which was basically just pausing repeatedly. Um, Yeah, and it just, I don't know, it just looked next level badass, you know. It's the greatest yeah. it's the greatest controller in console gaming history as far as I'm concerned it's... <laughs>
0: yeah it just it really does just kind of look cool and like we were we uh, I think we, we exchanged that text message earlier of the uh, that giant game boy thing and like it just you know, that giant Game Boy fucking contraption that you put your Game Boy into and it magnifies it and gives extra speakers and shit with the joystick. It is, it's bullshit. It doesn't work. It's not fun. It's whatever. <laughs> but And, like, you would think something like this Nintendo Advantage controller could be something like that, but it's absolutely not. It's fucking, it's cool yeah. as hell.
1: It's great. I, it's funny, like, a lot of the, it's not, universally loved like there the, a lot of this I see stuff online where people kind of like oh, I didn't really care for this one and like I just I, I can't wrap my mind around the idea <laughs> like yeah, pre- nice. preferring the NES max those little the, the, the other turbo option you know those little tiny controllers uh, the, Ted had those my uncle um, and yeah I yeah those I never liked those nearly as much um, how many what's <laughs> what I wrote down here how many nicks in the drywall next to your TV setup in your bedroom? <laughs> were the shape of the corner of this controller. <laughs> we would I think pissed. a lot. Yeah, when we would get pissed off. I know I did it a million times. i get pissed off at whatever fucking Tecmo ball and shit and slam that fucking heavy-ass <sighs> controller into the drywall. And do you remember when Mad Mike uh, found though, my dad found that fucked up wall.
0: No. Oh
1: my God. He, he was so pissed off and he had, he repaired it. It was like, I
0: crazy. can imagine kids are fucking terrible. <laughs> so, uh, you know, now I'm a, I'm, I'm a grown ass man and I know things about things. And I've mentioned this to you before, but I do want to mention it here. He's a fucking idiot for putting in one sheet of three eighths inch drywall in that whole house. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, yeah. he should have put more of fucking drywall up and we might not have had these problems, but <laughs> yeah, 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 that's yeah. neither here nor there. Yeah. That's... That's beside the point. Uh, Uh, I, NES Advantage, had rust on the bottom of it, and I remember when it would be sitting in my lap. I don't know if it was, like, grabbing, like, little tiny hairs and, like, pulling them out of my leg or something, but, like, I'd move sometimes, and it would cause, like, sharp pain. Like, I think that the rust was, like, biting into my leg or something. That was my memory of the NES Advantage.
1: Probably should have sued Nintendo. We could have fucking been
0: millionaires already. I probably
1: fucking spilled, like,
0: Pepsi on it or something. <laughs> yeah. Didn't clean just, it up. and
1: Just sitting in a puddle of, of Pepsi on your For a uh, of days. on your Sesame Street fucking <laughs> <laughs> little, little table. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways. Uh, okay. On to uh, another contest here. Um, and this was the... Uh, it's basically, they, they were giving away another deluxe Tendo set. Uh, so you know how great of a company they are. Um, and the uh, it, it was called the the second annual recycled robot contest, which whatever. But it was you know it was a, it was a tie-in to that uh, ROB robot peripheral that we touched on a little earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't bother support at all, and yeah, they were giving away those. So it was kind of like a tie. So it's interesting to me again that they like they took the time to schedule this marketing event for a fucking peripheral that they only ever made two titles for. Like all right you're spending the money on marketing this thing i don't know it's just like you know it's, it's a perfect example of corporate dysfunction like you you know you have the marketing department They're like oh this robot is cool it's an interesting thing to market but the software side of the company is over there Well, we're never going to use this yeah we're never going to use it so uh, uh,
0: if, if, if and they're not talking to marketing but they're probably thinking themselves well, they, like that's
1: the thing though that's the corporate they should
0: be they should be talking <laughs> to marketing but like they're not and, and if they if they did they'd be telling marketing like no they we're going to cut the as yeah. quickly as possible. Don't are, waste any time on this.
1: Yeah, there are zero games coming out for this. So right. <laughs> um. This yeah. this
0: competition was also, as far as I can tell, just kids playing with garbage.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Building their, Yeah. They were building their own robot. I guess we should mention that. Yeah. Like they. Yeah. They built their own robot shit. Which is funny because I tried to do this. I took apart your little. Your uh. Your mom was so pissed. I took apart your your reading Big Bird. Yeah. You dick. I remember. That... <laughs> Uh so yeah, I used to disassemble toys all the time as a kid and I would just dump the the parts into this bucket I had and the plan was to someday build a robot. <laughs> 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 I never got around to. Oh, oh god. god. You, you fucked up my
0: big bird and you hawked my fucking Final Fantasy cartridge.
1: Yeah, we'll you get suck. Yeah, well I actually have I have an aside of that. We'll get into that yeah. uh later. I have I have a whole thing a whole piece on that. But ahead. Uh, I hope it's an apology. Um I don't know, maybe maybe we'll get to that uh yeah kids do dumbass. kids are fucking dumb yeah they're idiots. Uh, <laughs> and uh so the other half of this page is another preview section and they do uh metroid and kid icarus uh and then um and then a tiny little footnote about punch out with no mention of tyson in it uh no, only notable thing about this again not wanting to delve too deep into preview stuff things that aren't out yet but uh they mentioned they coined the phrase "password memory" here, uh, alluding to what would be or what is the dumpster fire password systems in Metroid and Kid Icarus. Uh, way too long, way too many character types, upper, lower, upper and lower case uh, character sets, and a password thing is just a completely unreasonable situation. <laughs> yeah, I remember like uh, capital
0: I and lowercase l. I mean, yep. you were just you better write them both down. Yep, the zeros. To this day. I feel that's r- crazy. I, you could get a fucking password, and it could have, like, ten, like, points of variance that would, right. like, it could and be they, anything. Oh, my God, what a disaster. Yeah, and,
1: and it's not like they show you the whole character set above that in order for you to be able to determine to that, that, that that L is not a one or a capital I or whatever, you know? Um. So, yeah, just fucking total dog shit. I think uh, Castlevania Two was good for that, too. It was... But, no, but I
0: think that one had a – somebody would do the uh, – the, the one bone that they would throw you is um, your capital zero and you, or – I'm sorry, your capital O and your zeros.
1: The zero would have a line through right. it. Right, which I still put to this day, dude, when I – I no joke. I, I just had a – I was writing some shit down recently, and someone asked me why I did it, and I was like, I don't know, man. It's just – burned into me <laughs> because or password memory yeah because you don't want to fuck the password up that's why that right. zero has a line through it <laughs> yep uh yeah um cool so then we move on to a uh, a full page listing all the third-party licensed titles uh so then the nes throwing their their, their third-party licensees a bone here um which was probably some sort of contractual fucking obligation that they had to that they granted for companies giving them money three times over to buy the buy the cartridges from them and get the Nintendo seal of approval, et cetera, et cetera. This was probably part of their counter negotiations that they had to advertise their games. Um, Literally just a listing, though. It's not much of an advertisement. Right. But, I mean, you know, again... In a, but it helps. Yeah, I get it. In a time period where, where you couldn't find information, this would have been how you're like, oh, Deadly Towers sounds interesting. Right. <laughs> Uh,
0: 1942 uh, a Capcom listing here. That was a pretty good uh, playing game. That, that was
1: fun. It, 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 it worked well. I, I, shooter, shooters is easily especially aerial shooters are probably the genre that head up my fucking suck list the most <laughs> uh, on, um, on these older consoles. I just can't. There's just, again, there's just no story to them. You
0: know? I, I, yeah, having said that though, I think 1942 might
1: have been the best one so keep that in really mind bad. if you're ever looking for one. I actually liked that Dragon Spirit game you had. Whatnot. That was good, but that was just because, again, I think we have a, a we're, we're partial to medieval fantasy type shit, you know. Yeah, I have an affinity for dragons. It's a joke in my group of friends. It's yeah. I've never heard that joke, Jeb, but it's not, I'm not surprised to hear that. That's, yeah, okay. well, I mean, it's basically what we're talking about right now. Um, so, getting on to the next page uh, is the first high scores section. Uh, people have mailed some shit in. And uh, there's a few astronomical, as you mentioned earlier, Super Mario uh, scores uh, of just shy of 10 million. Uh, And the top one is from Mark Ace Coral, which I'm guessing he assigned that nickname to himself on the submission. Uh, Pretty badass, Mark. (laughs) Though
0: there were several people that tied him, but they put him at the top. So to me, that says number one. Yeah, Yeah. so we got to give a big shout out to uh, Mark Coral.
1: Right. Well, yeah. I mean, do you think maybe they named him that because he's uh, because he? No. Why would he? Why would they have picked him? Like maybe, yeah. maybe maybe they picked him as the top one because he gave himself a nickname.
0: <laughs> yeah, could be. Yeah. Which, he's you in think?
1: Riverside, California. Is, is that anywhere near where you are? Uh, I have no idea where that is. So I'm guessing it's probably north and somewhere obscure. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, and then there's they do they do this. This is amazing to me. Uh, so they are basically they're they're, they're they have a a, a, a call a, a request that if you beat Ganon in Legend of Zelda, to call them. There's a phone number. <laughs> so there are operators standing by <laughs> to, to log the first ten people to beat Legend of Zelda. So like the idea, I don't know, like in present day, like a game comes out nine seconds later. There's a it's, it's beaten. 40,000 people that have beat it, you know, right. because shit leaks out, whatever, whatever is behind that um, reasonings for that, uh, because nothing is secret, nothing is sacred, and everything is oversaturated in, in, my, in modern culture. So, like, it's just amazing to me that there could have been enough lead time for this, you know, issue to be made and then sent out. And then the game comes out and people are out there playing it and they you know, there's no way for them to find answers to puzzles. So it actually takes them some time, uh, that there was enough time and all that for there not to already be 10 people <laughs> that would have called the second in this case. Maybe there was, I don't know, but either way they had an operator standing by for this and I find that fucking riveting. <laughs> yeah,
0: it really, that's, that's fucking crazy. Cause like,
1: again, we're never going to go back to anything like that. like, yeah. No, yeah, There's there's a common like consciousness now that it, you know the the, the singularity effect is, is well on its way here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. super interesting. So yeah, then that's pretty much it for this. Uh, what it what this one was a 13 pages relative to the six that made up the first issue. Uh, the last four. I wrote down here the last four point three 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 repeating pages are all bullshit. Uh, more Howard stroking. Uh, order our bull. Order our bullshit via mail. Ego more ego stroking letters. They probably wrote themselves. A Mario crossword and their list of their their 34 title proprietary software catalog list. Um, yeah, so that, they did that
0: mention g- that uh, Howard was in a rock video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did. When I was like, I want to see this. I did this you guys? I did not. It? I'll do it. I'll, I'll do it real quick. You can keep talking, but I'm gonna try and find it.
1: Okay. Uh, okay. We'll we'll, we'll, if, we'll if we can find that, we'll put that in the show notes too. Uh, and, so you could you can watch uh, Howard in his fucking be i'm sure it is available everything's fucking available it's got to be <laughs> And that was the Metroid escape theme bringing us into issue three of Nintendo fun club news here, um, which neither of us have beat Metroid, but we uh, hypothesized that is the post mother brain um, sequence of the game where you're trying to get the fuck out of the space station or whatever. We're probably we're probably wrong about that. And our first email will be hate mail about being wrong about that. <laughs> death threats. I fucking love that game.
0: You Philistine.
1: Uh, okay, so yeah, so this, I guess, first thing to be said is how big of a step up issue three is from the first two. Uh, looks like an actual magazine now. Yep, looks like an actual magazine. Has a full color, proper looking magazine cover uh, with, I must say, some pretty fucking hot Legend of Zelda artwork here. Looks really good. Yeah, uh, he's Link, Link crouched behind the Legend of Zelda logo in the foreground there, and then he's, he's brandishing the Master Sword and, and Magic Shield there, and uh, there's also some well-drawn Hyrule terrain in the background. Um, you got Death Mountain there in the distance, and well, what you assume is Death Mountain anyways, and uh, yeah, it's like fucking a really good-looking cover um, yeah. that also doesn't have a, a, a cover price on it. Right. <laughs> <Notice laughs> immediately. Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. I'm just uh, given how this looks, especially if you got the first two issues and you saw, you know, what those looked like uh, before getting this. Uh, there were probably some. Pre- this probably conjured some pretty serious pre-adolescent chubbies when it showed up in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> like I can only imagine that this. You know, again, we're t- we're speaking about this from the context of having seen Nintendo Power and lived through this already. But like, you got to think. The kids that got this had never seen something like this for a video game or for their video games. you know uh, right. it pretty
0: much didn't exist at all, right like it wasn't even possible for them to have seen something like this, so it probably
1: fucking blew some child minds yeah, without a doubt um, which is very cool. Good hats off Nintendo good job. Good job on that one. Uh, way, way to take it up way to take it up a notch. Uh, so moving past that, we get into what is also. Their first third-party advertisement, um, and and it's uh, also in full color, full page, full color, and it's for Taito. Uh, it's it's basically their uh, arcade port lineup for their early part uh, arcade port lineup for, for NES: uh, Elevator Action, The Legend of Cage, Arcanoid, and Renegade. And did you try pulling any of these up? I did not. <clears throat> I also went through these because I'm enjoying this shit. (laughs) And uh, most, I I had not really, um, I'd never played Elevator Action or Legend of Cage, and I'd only briefly played Renegade and Arkanoid. So, you know, these were relatively new experiences or first time experiences for me across the board. Uh, Elevator Action was way more fun than I expected, actually. (laughs) Like, looking at it, it looks like it's going to suck. And it, you know, I can see. You know, it's not certainly not great, especially if you're looking at it from a modern context. But I can see how the mechanics and gameplay would have been engaging in '86 and '87. You know, when this when this was hitting, uh, when it was first ported. You know, so yeah, it's a bit. It is. It's too clunky and kind of stilted by modern standards. But at, you know, at the time, it was probably a uh, pretty fucking fun game. Yeah, uh,
0: it's. I I didn't. I'm looking it up right now, but like, yeah, it's just crazy to think that like someone somewhere had an idea and they were like, you know what, I'm gonna make a game about elevators
1: <laughs> yeah it's just well, it's like a spy right. game basically like right you're trying to find like those you know top secret folders and you're jumping in and out of rooms and all these people trying to yeah, find but having said shit.
0: that they didn't call it
1: spy action they called it elevator action right. so. yeah now, well that's you know that's the most a lot of these games and this, and this looks like an example of that to me david crane talked about this a lot when i interviewed him uh and, and he basically was talking about pitfall and you know he basically created that little he called it a little man the little man game he basically created the sprite and the action and the animation for a little man and then was like, okay, how the fuck do I build a game around this mechanic, around this sprite? Uh, and that's how Pitfall came to be. Okay. You know? So, like, I look at this as the same kind of thing where they were like, okay, like, we, you know, maybe someone built the same thing with uh, uh, Keystone Capers, Gary Kitchen, when I interviewed him, same deal. He, like, he, he made an escalator. He made the animation for an escalator, and, and, and if you know Keystone Capers on the Atari 2600, the Activision title, it's basically a little Keystone cop running back and forth in these, these four levels of what is supposed to be a shopping mall, and there's elevators at the end of each side of each level. And that's how you go after this little crook you're trying to catch. And he, you know, basically created the elevator first, and he was like, or the escalator, and he was like, okay, this looks good, and it's cool. What kind of game can I make to use this? You know, <laughs> like, right? How can how can I use this asset? And same, they probably had like a fucking elevator here, and they're like, okay, how do we come up with a narrative for this? It's a goddamn top, you know, top secret spy trying to find this thing, and guys are chasing him, and he's using elevators as the yeah. it game. Doesn't matter because
0: the elevator is the important thing, you know, exactly. like. Yeah, as long as we can showcase that, it's kind of the tail wagging the dog
1: thing. But right. you know, that's how innovation happens sometimes. Yep, yep, yep. Um, especially with you know, when it comes to this, a lot of these early games, it's like, how can we make product? <laughs> we just need right. more product. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so the the other Legend of Cage, uh, this game is fucking impossible. It's got <laughs> uh, one hit death bullshit, which there's nothing more despicable in game programming in my opinion uh and there's shit like the this lo- the first level even is just total chaos there's shit flying everywhere the controls are wild your jump is like really really floaty there's this really shitty clunky tree climbing mechanic um yeah i absolutely hated my life for all seven minutes mm-hmm. i, I <laughs> emulated this uh, so fuck the legend of cage um, Arcnoid is, uh, it's a clone of Atari's breakout basically, which, you know, again, this was an arcade port first. So it was an, uh, uh arcade clone of, of breakout and, um, you know, it's, it's like all those games are kind of the same. It's relatively fun. Uh, I found it really difficult to control this with the control pad, uh, and keep up with the ball and actually, you know, the pinpoint placement required to really play this game. Right. Uh, it's tough with a, with a control, with a D pad um so you know that kind of sucked and um yeah i don't know still a little bit fun Uh, i got to the third stage though and it was pretty much impossible so i I only played that for a few uh minutes and then the last one here is renegade which is it's kind of revered uh for its historical significance you know it's like a it's it's a trailblazer in the beat-em-up genre and kind of like the direct predecessor to dragon uh double dragon and uh, it's not much fun, though. Um, it's got this, just like Double Dragon did, it's got the, like, you hit, you know, regardless of which way you're facing, when you hit the B button, the left action button, you attack to the left. And when you hit the the A button, you attack, attack. to the right. Ah, so right. even if you're faced, you know what I mean? So, like, you know, granted, like, that's it's not, that's probably a good idea in a game like this as opposed to having to hit two buttons to attack someone who is behind you. But it's super hard to get used to, I guess, you know, that's not really to the game's fault. If it's what you need for the gameplay you as the player should acclimate, but I don't know. I just, I didn't care for that. And I just, yeah, I got my ass fucking really whooped in it. Um, <laughs> and I actually, I tried to put in, I, I, I might've spent 15 minutes on this one. So I was like, I did, it did have the new control. So I was like, you know, maybe I just need to get used to that, but it never really got better. And I didn't really dig it. So, right. um, yeah, the only one I really was impressed by here to any degree was elevator action. Um, yeah, so that's Taito's fucking initial offering here, and then the first page of the actual magazine interior is uh, has another letter from Howie, <laughs> uh, <laughs> as is as is customary, and then uh, he acknowledges I, I I thought was funny that you know it's now in color and that this rag is starting to look like a real magazine. He like you know is uh, self aware and kind of kind of praises that self praises that. Um, it's also got the first table of contents that we've had in any of these um, here. So that's the first page, and then uh, we're moving on to a two-page Metroid review feature, and this is a fucking, this is a game here, Metroid. This
0: is a, yeah, this is a video game review. Like, in, in is this a review?
1: Yeah, I mean, they don't. None of these. Uh, not like okay, I see. What not you're saying. not an editorial context, but right. it is it is an in-depth. Uh, spotlight, I guess, maybe better... Examination. Yeah, uh, than review, because, yeah, there is no editorial critique, but um, it is very much yeah, an like in-depth look at what this game's about and, you know... It would uh, look familiar to the modern uh, video gamer. Yeah. It, it, it'd be familiar. Yes, no doubt. Um, so yeah, my favorite part of this was probably uh, one, you know, uh, there's some pretty slick uh, Samu's uh, illustrations here. It's not. Uh, I, I like the artwork here. I guess better. Another example of taking a step up than, than in that. You know that we talk shit about the Zelda artwork and an issue too. Um, so they, they maybe they hired a real artist for this one. Uh, well, yeah, they must. Someone lost their job though. Given so. that given that cover, I guess they must have hired a real artist. Uh, yeah. No surprise that the the illustrations inside are good, better too. Um, yeah, they got the, the. My favorite part about this. Co- the copy on this thing is uh, the mapping bit. Uh, to avoid getting lost in the underground mazes of uh, Zabees, uh, maps is a must. Maps are a must, you know. But you have to make them yourself. <laughs> so basically, <laughs> you're on your fucking own, kid. You know. <laughs> right. We're not spending enough dough to put any maps in this thing. You're gonna have to do it yourself. Yep. Uh, but you will need them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, at least they told you. Um, <laughs> you know, if, if you didn't know that, you might not, it might not occur to you to make maps, and then you'd be fucked.
1: Yeah, and this game is—it is so you were just fucking wandering aimlessly uh, if if you're not tracking your progress of where you're at, and where you're going. I um, and, and th- you know, as much as you know, I, I find that funny. I one of my favorite things about games back then is—I mean, I it's graph paper, man. Making your own maps on graph paper, holy mm-hmm. fuck. Uh, like I remember, you know, Ted had an he the retent of BB stacker, my uncle <laughs> fucking, <laughs> uh, his, some of his wizardry maps. I remember him having on graph paper, uh, for, for wizardry on NES were so fucking detailed and just perfectly drawn and, and, and mapped out and, you know, little fucking ant, little, little keys that he made, you know, like, uh, shading certain parts of the map that might have a pit or some other whatever it might be murphy's ghost or whatever right uh, uh in the you know and having his own little key in the corner of the fucking uh, on, on the graph paper is just some of my favorite childhood memories <laughs> yeah
0: definitely <laughs> yeah. wizardry is another game where you had to do that or yeah, you were I'd, pretty well fucked you were
1: totally fucked that game yeah <clears throat> um but yeah that's that's um you could talk shit about it from a from a modern perspective, but at the time that that, that was a really cool part of gaming. Right. Um, it's funny, actually. You just heard the way I pronounced uh, Zabis there. Uh, I had to. I, in my anal retentive in nature, I googled how to pronounce that before we before we jumped on here earlier, uh, and actually watched or at least skipped through a six minute video about how to pronounce Zabiss, <laughs> as opposed right. to Zebes or whatever. I was gonna go with Zebes. I, I was.
0: I'm glad that you put the work in
1: yeah <laughs> <clears throat> so we yeah we won't get any hate mail about that um so yeah so metroid man i never beat it as a kid mm-hmm. uh, i rented it a few times played it many others uh probably even cheated with game genie a little uh in it but i fucking never even came close to beating it what about you <laughs> i uh i didn't have a whole lot of, we, we didn't own it as you alluded to
0: so and i never really got into it uh. So I would have never. I had barely any experience with this game at all. I know from the internet they, they say it's very difficult. Um, but yeah, not a lot for me on Red. Metroid.
1: Yeah, it definitely it is. Yeah, really fucking hard. Yeah, I, I rented. I remember written it from um, Campus Video, the one once uh, before it moved over to Main Street in Oberlin. Right, uh, it was over by uh, that car wash. Yeah, the car wash, right next to the car wash in Oberlin. Um, yeah, I remember. I remember like grabbing it, and like the, the cover, those little plastic sleeves that they had, the rental sleeves with, you know, the it was like a yellow cover they had there. Mm-hmm. Vivid memory of, of renting it, and it being fucking super hard. Even with, I remember having some of the you know, I don't think I had Nintendo Powers yet, but I had like this from the school book club, I had ordered this uh, strategy guide of some kind that had a bunch of different games in it, um, and Metroid was one of them, and I had, so I had some level of, of guidance but I still couldn't get anywhere um, back then so that's one that's that's an example of a game that I would love to sit down and play which may yeah be... the thing
0: is I think I would like the game like now I just back right. then for whatever reason I just didn't get into
1: it right which may be foreshadowing for a later segment, Jeff. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so the Metroid piece is is bookended with some some more adver- third-party advertisements here, which we're going to start seeing a lot of. Uh, begins a trend, but it's it's uh, Data East is the company, and they the, the the games covered here a whole fucking a whole shit ton of them. Karate Champ, Tag Team Wrestling, Burger Time, Karnov, Breakthrough. Kidnicky and Ring King, uh, and again, uh, I assume you did not get to around, get around to emulating any of these. No, I did not. Yeah, uh, I did, as you might imagine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm Glad you did. <laughs> and okay, so Karate Champ. Uh, one, it has. I I being a music person, I recommend. Googling the Karate Champ title screen music. It's pretty fucking good, dude. It's really good, actually. It's kind of, you know, so it's like a head to head fighting game. Kind of an like a super early Street Fighter Two type feel side side view of a of a fighting game, Mm -hmm. and you know I never played it as a kid, uh, but I was pleasantly surprised I guess with the range of moves again that you could pull off with just those two buttons. Mm -hmm. Um, Wasn't not bad, definitely not good, but not bad. It's a little, it's kind of you know, it's very I don't know, it's a little. Uh, slow, like it's not the, for being a like a fighting game needs like this really fast responsiveness. I feel, and granted we're on NES here, and it's not exactly known for its fighting game fucking offering, but uh, it it was probably a little slow to to really enjoy because of that. But um, nonetheless, not as bad as I anticipated. Yeah, I mean uh, you
0: got to take those first steps. You know right. you can't get Street Fighter without having Karate Champ. Right, 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 right. Uh, and Burger Time, dude. Hold this fucking game is fun as fuck. Do you remember? I do remember Burger Time because, uh, and and I remembered it when you were talking about that uh, cooking game for Switch.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I mean that's certainly a hark the harks back to that a, a, a great deal. Very, yeah. very in the in the, I don't know, in the spirit of not, not I wouldn't say it's gameplay wise even close, but uh, it's certainly in the spirit of it. And uh, yeah, man, I I remember playing this at your mom's trailer, dude. I remember playing this with you. Really? Yeah, in Vermilion. One hundred percent. I remember sitting. Vermilion. Yeah, I'm sure it wasn't Amherst. Uh sorry, Amherst, yeah, I apologize. Right, okay. Um yeah, I one hundred percent remember playing this at your at your mouse trailer. Huh. Uh and I I pulled it up, Dude, It's super fun, man. It's difficult. It's super difficult and like I wish you had more of those, like you have, you know, you're you're running around avoiding these little whatever they are, pickles and shit, whatever the <clears throat> chance you are, and you're trying to build those burgers you need to run back and forth over those platforms basically a million times. Right to, to get, get get all the burgers down to the bottom. <clears throat> And uh, oh, Corbin's. Yeah, he's, he's not happy. Cor- Corbin wants hey, Cor- a podcast. Can't you know. hey, there. <laughs>
0: he's very protective. He does not fuck around. <laughs>
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I wish you had. You have like your one other than just running. The one defense me- defense mechanism you have is kind of like this. I don't know what it is, what it would be. Like it looks like you know a can of cooking spray or something. I don't know how that would really any <laughs> benefit. Uh, To you against these things that are chasing you, but you can spray them basically and it stuns them and you can run through them So if you're like get cornered, you can do that You only have a few of those though and like I felt like I was able to get through maybe at least the first stage maybe the second but by the second or third stage like you just do not have enough There's just too many and the 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 platforming is too varied to to really fucking well not I shouldn't call platforming but the the burger building stuff is is too varied and all over the place to, to get anywhere without having more of those fucking things to spray the the enemies with Right. Um but very good game. Very very good game. I 100% add this to my my list of games that I'll play on occasion. Yeah. Um um, that's actually one of the things I want to build here as I do this little odyssey is to kind of make a list of, of emulation games that... Uh, to revisit. You know, to periodically revisit. Because that's one of the things. I open my emulator sometimes just wanting to kill time, and I just stare at that list of 800 ROMs, and I'm like, uh... Where do I start? <laughs> right. So I want to start a list of games that are re- reliably fun to play. Um, I, actually, I'll put that in the... I'll, I'll keep that in the cloud. I'll put that in the show notes and keep that in the cloud. Like, if you, if you want to... <laughs> if you, if you want to play one asshole's version of fun games at any time, that'll <laughs> always be available to you if you need an idea of games to play um, so yeah, so that's Burger Time. Karnov, uh, also didn't play this uh, way back when, but I played the first few levels and it's a pretty solid platformer, um, okay. it has an item inventory, which not all, most slash most platformers did not have, so it gives it a little more depth, kind of, than your average bear in the platforming genre, which was cool uh-huh. Uh, breakthrough f- meh fuck that game <laughs> kid <laughs> nikki uh, i'd also never played this and this is a fucking really good platformer dude it was that really- sounds familiar Really fucking fun, man. It had overall progress, like some of the, the things I wrote down. It has an overall progress map, which again most platformers don't have, um, and it kind of it's nice. I'm always a fan of that because it gives it some context in these kind of like, or it gives you some context in the narrative that you're fucking going through, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and that's nice in these kind of rudimentary 8-bit games uh, to have some understanding of like where you are in the world, the story world. Uh, it has like story-based pseudo cutscenes, like the opening segments have you like jumping out of a dojo and shit and running like (laughs) someone steals your the princess or whatever that you're trying to save you know uh yeah and the actual gameplay the platform is really good responsive controls pretty fucking fun i mean you know platformers are again not my favorite thing um to begin with so it's not something i'm like it's not going on my list but it was fun more fun than i anticipated when i first saw the screenshots and shit right as far as these things go you like it yeah not bad and, dude, ranking, holy fuck, man. Wow. Like, <laughs> it's way ahead of its time. I had never played this either. I, and, like, looking at it, the, the, the animation and the, the screenshots don't look compelling. And, like, when it comes to, you know, a boxing game on the NES, why am I playing anything other than Mike Tyson's right. <laughs> Out? You know what I mean? So it never even occurred to me to try this. Uh, but doing it for this, man, it's a in- pretty impressive uh, boxing simulation. I never even uh,
0: heard of it, actually.
1: Yeah, dude, it's, it's I mean, I, I, I you have to call it a simulation, I think. Like, it's not just an arcade boxing experience at all, mm. which is what, you know, I mean, it's, I, I think we'll get, I don't even want to start to get into Mike Tyson's punch Out because that's probably my favorite NES game, and we could fucking spend ages on that. So I'm not going <laughs> to let ourselves get uh, sidetracked by that. But, uh, yeah, this, it, it's got a ton, ton of, like, semi-advanced like player stat thing. It's got like a punch speed and stamina. Each character has like a kind of a a rating set to, uh, inform the, the, the way you know, you have to fight them and you can see that stuff in advance. So you can kind of strategize accordingly. Mm -hmm. And there's like a, there's a training mode there's like a ranking career mode, uh, and then a tournament mode uh, as well as you also has two, two player versus in it too. So it's got like a range of gameplay options that, that are pretty good. And, um, the game, Yeah, the gameplay, pretty damn fun, man. Like, I, hmm. I, I really, I, I recommend putting it on your list of shit to just fuck with and give right. it a because it, it, it was pretty fun. Yeah, I'm looking <laughs> at it right now. It looks pretty, yeah, it looks pretty good, actually. Yeah. Uh, it did have the, the. I, I mean, I still wouldn't call it, it's not a negative, but the fact that it's there, it's not like you have to engage it. But it's got a watch mode where you literally just watch the CPU control two boxers through a whole tournament who the fuck is spending (laughs) however long that takes to play out who is spending part of their life watching the computer go through a fucking ring king tournament
0: yeah because it's not even like you're learning how to play the game yeah you know like you're not learning anything about it i mean i guess you could i guess if you did
1: sit and really watch it you could get a feel for strategy but uh, you know who who has that level of commitment. <laughs> right.
0: Well, not me apparently. Yeah,
1: I'm not fucking. There,
0: there Did you see this uh the the I don't want to call it a controversy, but I guess that's what they call it about the about Ring King? No. What, there's what? apparently it looks like when you're in between rounds, like, you know, when you're in boxing, you go sit in your corner and then your guys come out and kind of, you know, patch you up, get your cuts and tell you what to do and shit. I guess it looks like this guy's giving the fighter a blow job <laughs> watching right now. And it looks
1: like he's giving him a blow job. Sit like that. Uh, it's just so, you know, the it's... game, the, the game community, the game. Enthusiast community is hilarious. Some of the things they get anything like that, that gets fucking, you know, that someone picks up on, like, you know, basically internet meme culture, I guess is what we're talking about here. (laughs) Like, it's super funny that someone made that connection and that it has been proliferated to the point where you are now Googling it and looking at a story about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking
0: at it and it's like, yeah, it looks like he's sucking his dick.
1: And like sure. you know, and like yeah, you, uh, you also have to yeah you know, you, again talking to some of those early programmers and shit too, having done that and talking to them about you know it's like it's these early programmers and these early programming work environments are like dudes who just are trailblazers in this community and enjoy games and like the idea that they could have deliberately done that is one hundred percent feasible. Like oh, absolutely. To, to, you know, like how could you not? How could you? I don't. Yeah, you know, it doesn't matter what your sexual orientation are. If you're a male. And you see anything that looks anything kind of like getting a blowjob, your mind makes that connection. It's <laughs> up, <right. laughs> so it's it, there's no way you can't say that, that there was a lack of awareness. There's just no way. Right. Uh, no, they they did this absolutely on purpose. I, I recommend <laughs> yeah, looking yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah, that's hilarious.
0: Uh,
1: uh, okay. Should we put that in the show notes? <laughs> yes. Yeah, the link to that. I'll send you the link.
0: Okay, cool. It's an eight-second uh, video. That way people don't have to waste a lot of time on video game
1: blowjobs. jobs <laughs> after we get out of that Data East Metroid stuff, the next big feature is um, Kid Icarus. Yep. And um, the artwork is less impressive here, for one, (laughs) in my opinion. Uh, But um, there are some color screenshots, which is nice. Uh, That's also a first. I guess they had that for Metroid 2, which is cool. First time you're getting that color screenshots or screenshots of any kind, color or black and white It was all illustration stuff prior to this, um which is cool. you ever wonder uh, how they got these screenshots? Oh dude yeah, I've googled that man it they how does took, that work they took fucking pictures in archaic fashion and would have to like you know like you know in Nintendo power you can see it in Nintendo power the early issues they are just pictures that they strung together and took another picture of hmm yeah dude i mean and, and yeah it's it's super. Old so they just school. took this picture and then had to just like kinda like doctor it up a little bit? Yeah. Well they yeah, they basically you know, would take them and blow them up and then these the way I mean you can Google the way magazines are created, but yeah, I mean they made, you know, don't did, weren't didn't weren't you ever uh didn't you ever do any of like the newspaper stuff in any of the fucking or Eastwood Prospect Elementary School? Absolutely not. Did, no. I mean I remember, you know, we did a few things where we kinda were taught how it works. Um but basically yeah, you know. the you lay these things out, you tape them to pieces of paper and like make the layout and then you photocopy that master print of like just a, th- a bunch of things taped together. Taped or glued onto a a, a bigger sheet, you know? Mm. Um yeah, it's super old fucking before computers, dude. Yeah. <laughs> shit shit
0: <laughs> shit was hard before computers. I do not recommend
1: living in that time. <laughs> <yet>. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh at least as i maybe I'm totally wrong about that, but I, that's to my understanding that's how they used to do these things. um I don't know everything though uh anyways, so yeah, so kid Icarus, and this fucking game man i i just I can't fucking do this game i i, I hated it as a, I remember playing as a kid, I fucking hated it at the time i I tried approaching it like from a clean slate and playing it again. And I just can't fucking do it, dude. Something about it it just turns me off. And it, there's there's like this – just gameplay-wise, there's like this delay with the controls. The jump is kind of like takes a second to go and like – I don't know. It just noise the shit out of me gameplay-wise, and I just can't get into the way it works. It's hard as fuck, especially in the beginning. Uh, everything I've read about it and saw about it, like it's like – Designed that way, like the first three levels supposedly are the hardest part of the game. You know, hmm. uh, super fucking hard to get into and play. There's no very little life. You're short on life, HP supply in the beginning. No regeneration uh, or life drops by the monsters. So it's it's just very fucking hard to get going in. Um, I just I don't know. I just could not fucking get into it even again when it, again trying to approach it from a right. You know, uh, yeah, I played
0: old... it as a kid a couple times, and I was less than impressed. I did, it, it, I barely remember anything about
1: it, dude. It's revered as like one of the fucking best games ever, though, dude. Yeah, it's, I know. Fucking add up to me, man. I don't like it. Um, again, more foreshadowing though. It's something like maybe we should force ourselves through. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. It's, it's, maybe it does get more, more feasible later
0: on, supposedly. I, but I hope that segment is fun and not torturous. But we'll see. Probably a little of both.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, you know, we'll, that'll that'll be weighed into it. How it affects our life, how much how much misery it puts us through, will be part of the arguing points for deciding <laughs> what game we play. Right?
0: Uh, Anyhow, yeah. So
1: that's you know that's my experience with it. You you said you have played it, but minimal exposure. Yeah, very minimal. When I was a kid, I, it was one of those ones that I like
0: probably rented or like had at a friend's house or something, and like played it for two minutes and I'm like okay, let's play
1: an actual good game now. Yeah. So,
2: yep. Yeah. <sighs> Whatever.
1: Um, so. If you're a Kid Icarus fan, sorry, maybe we don't have common sensibilities. Maybe this isn't the podcast for you. <laughs> <laughs> but hang in there. I think we, it yeah, could maybe, be for you. Maybe, yeah, maybe we align in some other capacities. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, so the, the Kid Icarus section here shares a, the the ad on this page. This is, to me, very interesting. Right. Uh, it shared the page with an ad for an Irem game that I'd never once heard of, uh, which there's not, you know, like I'm not saying I've played every game, but there aren't many I haven't even fucking heard of. <laughs> and and I'd never heard of this scoon, and that's spelled s q o o n scoon. Um, and yeah. the uh, the tagline, I, again digging taglines here, the panic submersion uh, is is a semi cool tagline to to its credit. But that's about that's about where the the um, positive things about this game that I have to say about this game end. Uh, I didn't have the ROM uh, in that huge library uh, that I have that I shared with you. Um, so I had to dig it, uh, or, or, or I, I could have dug it out. I didn't want to, so I just watched the fucking gameplay playthrough, and it looks fucking awful. It's a side-scrolling submarine game. Yeah. Uh, kind of remember uh, a little bit like the 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 below-water gameplay of Jaws. um okay. Kind of reminded me of, which I actually kind of like Jaws, but this game did not look. It was not as good. right um So yeah, that was kind of interesting to me that there was this game I'd never heard of and it warned it. Like I mean, this is you know. What, maybe a third of that page is yeah, taken pretty big. By, by this ad? So they were, real, they must, they were really pumping it. <laughs> yeah, all the good it did them, because I yeah. never even heard of it. Yeah, they failed. Uh, and yeah, that actually, speaking of ROMs, this is where I, I had written down this little uh, memory section here. So yeah, that ROM library I have, which is like 800 plus titles, uh, I got on a CD-ROM in the late 90s by trading your NES cart of Final Fantasy to some dude I probably found on America Online or something I can't you know how else was I experiencing the internet back then uh it probably was America Online um and yeah I wanted to ask you here in this public forum how do you feel about that I'm really pissed about it (laughs) because I love
0: Final Fantasy and it'd be so I still have like plenty of my uh like original games that I had growing up like I still have them, so it's feasible that I would still have this. And I got some Final Fantasy shit tattooed on my body. Uh, so that's how much I like it. And you right, well, I think, I think gave it away. Expound,
1: you should expound upon that. You have the, the Black Mage.
0: Yeah, I have the Black Mage from Final Fantasy uh, tattooed over my heart. Uh, I think I sent you a picture of it half done. And you called me a psychopath or something right. um, via text. But yeah, yeah. so I really I like it. I had a Bill's
1: tattoo at one point. That I got when I was seventeen, so I can't talk too much shit. But
0: um, I certainly don't regret this one at all. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty pissed about that still. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know the worst part about it, and and there's no way. Well, first off, you shouldn't been taking other people's fucking property. But um, the worst part about it
1: was is I didn't discuss. I didn't. I didn't try to sell you on the idea. I just. T- I had no idea. Like and- I went to
0: play Final Fantasy one day, just wasn't there. <laughs>
1: I, did, I totally forgot that. That's amazing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it was like I had that little black leather uh, right. case. Yes, that was case yeah. And it, like, I with remember little, like, it holds little, like 10 games. A little gold latch. Yeah, with the gold latch yeah. and the handle on top. And okay. I, it holds it had like a 10 gold,
1: games. A little gold panel on the front, too, that said Nintendo. Yes, it did. Yeah, and, officially. Uh,
0: I fucking opened that thing up and, like, I just, like, I stared at it for like three minutes, probably, just like, no, it's here. I just keep, I'm not seeing it. But no, it was gone
1: that's amazing i did not remember that i just took it yeah you could be misremembering mis- mis- that too that's it's insane. possible it Seems insane to me <laughs> um, but, but the,
0: uh, the point is uh, like these these things became so uh like you know there there's you can get these roms online now like you don't have to trade your little brother's favorite video game for it anymore so like in the end it didn't even seem worth it like
1: Ultimately, yeah. yes, but I mean, you got to. I think you can't look at it from that context. In my defense here, I think in my and that you can't look at it from a modern context. Like at the time, the idea of, I mean, yes, I knew. I mean, I clearly knew that he got there. Was probably websites where you could do it, but I'm sure it was not fucking easy no. at the time. Uh, so to me, at the time, trading that one cartridge for, you know, ROMs were a new concept. So the uh, the accessibility and the diminished value of a of a ROM. On a, on a on a CD-ROM uh, is, is is much less than it was at the time. Like, to me, I wasn't getting free, meaningless, that can be found anywhere ROMs. I was getting 800 NES games. Right. <laughs> and to me, that one for 800 was like a no-brainer. Yeah. I get it. As far as value goes, you know.
0: I remember when you got it, I was like, and uh, yeah, at some point, like, you revealed to me, like, what was going on, and like, <laughs> I... Like, I remember trying to play the games on our computer, and it just, like, I, I couldn't even get the fucking ROM system, like, started up properly. Like, in the end, I did not reap any of the benefits of this trade.
1: Ah, uh, well, until now. Now now you have it again.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, big fucking deal.
1: Well, it would be a pain in the ass to find all 800 titles, that many of which will get used for our little pilgrimage here, so. All right. Yeah. But, no, again, and, you know, Final Fantasy goes for some dough these days, too, that cartridge. Uh I know. You know, especially with all the feelies and stuff. And granted, I mean, the feelies would have been a little fucked up—the the manual and shit. But right. Um, yeah, but you did get me that for I think Christmas a couple of years ago. You got me uh, the Final
0: Fantasy box with uh, the instruction book.
1: Yeah, actual feelies in mint condition. Yeah, yeah. Right. Not, not the, the 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 maybe for good. Maybe 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 for Christmas this year I'll get you the card. Yeah, we'll see about that. I did make good on that Marky Mark and the Funky Funky Bunch thing. Yeah. So it.
0: It's, maybe I'll make good on this too. <laughs> somewhere in that room I haven't unpacked yet. But, yeah, every time I see it, I'm like, I finally fucking got it. <laughs>
1: uh, anyway, yeah, I thought that's a, that's a super fun personal story, I think. Yeah. Um, so, whatever. Oh. So, moving on. Uh, so... Next up, they got they're still pitching uh, the call-in number if you beat Ganon in, in Legend of Zelda. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would love how much would you pay to, to be able to listen to those phone calls? Ooh, that, yeah, <laughs> that would be good. Some
0: idiot kid calling up,
1: yeah, like in the moment because you you know, as a kid, you would call in the moment, like the, the shit would be playing in the background, <laughs> yeah, like the, the, the end music still playing.
0: I beat Ganon, and
2: yeah. beat blah blah blah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, because yeah, they actually ask you. They want you to say, you know, uh, uh, they, they want you to tell them like minute details that you would only know if you really did it. Because I mean, obviously, you could call them lie. So they, right. they 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 wanted to know like what he looks. How like. he attacked you? Yeah, how he attacks or what he looks like and shit, which is super fun. Right? Uh, how you beat him? What you need to do to beat him? The silver arrow nonsense. Um, yeah, super fucking fun. Um, there's also an ad for. Uh, super Pitfall, here, and this we like we mentioned earlier. You know, I've fucking probably one of my <laughs> my, my my crowning professional achievements is that now multiple multiple mentioned uh, multiple time mentioned David Crane interview I did, uh, and this game, this NES iteration of it did not involve him. He was not. They just licensed the fucking uh, the, the property. Right. Yeah, and then made a fucking game, and it's a t- total piece of fucking shit. It's like historically oh, nice. awful, um, and, and there are, there are many uh, uh, hate videos about it. But um, I think it might have been the first time I was betrayed by a game's heritage. You know? I mean, like, I was into Pitfall on, on the Atari. I had the original one, played the shit out of it, um, great for, for that system thing. So, you know, I, I, I remember sinking a rental opportunity into this game and how fucking betrayed i was like fuck you, kid you know <laughs> fuck you kid welcome to marketing <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know it's not
0: always fucking yeah sometimes you get fucked
1: yep the world is a cruel place oh, you're going to learn that right now <laughs> 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 yeah it was fucking i remember is awful uh terrible terrible games then over on the next page we have a uh, the, the next pros corner page tips and trick shit uh nothing really very interesting um there but there is an ad for a the, the first Tecmo ad we get, which is Mighty Bomb Jack, mm. uh, and this game uh, gameplay is not fucking awful. It's also, nowhere near good, but uh, it has they're too they were too lazy to put in title screen music, which is I, I can't. The really I don't know if there is a bigger game design faux pas in my opinion <laughs> than not having an opening title screen song of some kind. You know? Yeah, I
0: can't imagine what would prevent
1: that from happening like... probably data data restrictions within on the on the ROM or on the cartridge probably we might guess but yeah but either, that, either uh, that or just Lady. and does not have like, a, yeah get rid of network. a level assholes <laughs> you, you need a song yeah. <laughs> yeah, you need a fucking song uh, yeah so whatever moving on and then uh they actually have a so you know the pros corner is like their internal tips and tricks, they also have a, a whole page here of member-submitted tips, which are even less useful, in my opinion, um, <laughs> most of these. Uh, da, 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 da. And another ad for Tecmo here, though, for Solomon's Key, which uh, is one with the ad... Again, it's not not surprising they were lazy with music design. They're also lazy with marketing. It's the exact same fucking ad with the same exact shitty copy about you know a pack and map feely coming with it and stuff. Uh, so even their even their advertisements are shitty. But um, which is odd because it's not like I have a bad uh, I don't know thing like Tecmo obviously made Tecmo Bowl, which is you know top. Whatever game ever on both our lists, I imagine. So it's not yeah. like I a bad thing to say about Tecmo, but some instances of laziness here early on. Um, so yeah, yeah they Salmon's definitely used the template there. Yeah. yeah. I, I see what you're saying.
0: I didn't even catch that at first. Yeah, it's identical. Man. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, Solomon's Key, dude. I, this was I mentioned it in, in our instruction manual episode, dude. This, God damn, man, this game was really fun. 100% going on the list. Uh, uh, super fucking fun. Like, a, you know, a, a A puzzle game basically you're controlling this little sorcerer with a little wand and you can create and remove blocks to get around levels and solve puzzles and stuff you gotta basically every level you gotta get to a key that opens a door and then get to the door and you got to navigate around via obstacles enemies what-have-you with your kind of block creating puzzle solution mechanic Uh, yeah super really fun you know puzzle like The puzzles are good, and it's it's challenging in a good way, not a cheap, cunning Nintendo way. (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, Which is, you know, that's a fine line to walk, to actually be challenging but not full of shit. Um, So yeah, really good, dude, man. I highly, highly recommend giving that a world. Super fun fucking game. Yeah, I'll have to check Uh, that out. Yeah. So then we get into another sneak peek, a preview section here, um, which is bigger. And, you know, again, I don't want to necessarily get into these games, but the preview section is notable in that uh, we get Mike Tyson's Punch-Out here and Rad Racer. uh, And yes... Now it's Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, which in the preview section in the last uh, issue, it was just Punch-Out. So I imagine in between the two issues, they had their first big licensing haul of Mike Tyson. Unless you want to count that awful Popeye abomination that was a a black box game, um, which I do not. (laughs) <laughs> uh so yeah, so, so they, they signed Mike Tyson for this, which, you know, again, you don't want to get in one, I don't want to get too much into this game because it's probably my favorite one ever. And two, everyone's talked about over and over again the Mike Tyson component of this um and you know his personal life and everything he's done. So that's its own thing that I don't really necessarily want to get into. But it is interesting that this is the first appearance of Mike Tyson, uh, and them really pumped up about it, clearly pumped up about it, uh here. Um and they also Get into Rad Racer, which is a game I didn't really play much, but I had no idea that it had. And again, we'll get into this later in depth when we cover the game, but it actually has a 3D mode that, and it came with the glasses, dude. Like,
0: right. I, I saw that when I was reading over this and I. I didn't even know that was fucking possible back then. Yeah,
1: I, yeah exactly. I had no idea that was. It. There's other games too. There's there's a, a, a game later in this issue, that 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 had that same pack-in and functionality. And yeah, I had never I never knew that it, that was even a possibility on Nintendo, um, which is super fucking interesting. Um, yeah, and I, that took me down a whole googling rabbit hole. Right. <laughs> that, uh, we can get into later when we cover the game, but yeah, because it's like it, it, that's like another thing where Nintendo
0: had these like. These, like, ideas of things they wanted to do, and then just, like, as far as I know, like, completely abandoned them. Yep, just petered like, out, right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Very interesting. Like, I don't know the next time you saw a 3D video game feature.
1: Right. I mean, I, do you even see it today? Not not the same, not like this, where it's, you know, that, uh, you know, that red and blue two, basically two images slightly offset from each other. Right type thing you know there's i mean obviously there's 3d game games are 3d now <laughs> but it's actual 3d not just some sort yeah of I, yeah i was talking workaround. about the glasses and shit not a workaround yeah very interesting so yeah that, that section continues onto the next page with some punch-out screenshots that curiously show no in-ring action they're all just pre-fight shots of don flamenco piston honda king hippo von kaiser and then a newspaper shot after you win, win one of the title belts and then one of the title screens where Iron Mike calls you a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, no in-game ring shots, which I mean, I, I'm assuming those were probably the more difficult part of the development and they just didn't have anything they wanted to show of that. But still interesting. If you're trying to sell the game, you would think you would show some of the, you know, some wait gameplay. a second or hopefully have some gameplay in there. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then they had an FCI ad with Lunar Pool and, and Zanic. I think is maybe the pronunciation of it. Lunar Pool, dude. Do you remember playing this? Ted I I vividly
0: remember. I wrote it down in my notes that I vividly remember playing this at Ted's. Yep. And it was a fun-ass game.
1: Dude, it's a fucking fun pool game, man. It's, it's basically
0: a, just like a geometry game.
1: Yep. And, yep. But All it's about fun. angles. Because, yeah, the, the, basically the, the tables get, uh, you know, the first one is a normal-looking pool table, six pockets. But... Every level after that becomes uh, more like just fucking, you know, crazy ass Tables. If, Yeah, angles you got to deal with and like little tiny sections that are like have a bottleneck to them that you can only get through, you know, the, uh... one angle or whatever. Yep. Yes, really interesting uh, gameplay mechanics and super fun. No question. And a and two player, too. So, it, yeah, a great head to head component of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that That's really fun. Yeah, you wouldn't think
0: like a pool video game would be fun, but that one's actually kind of a blast.
1: Yep. One hundred percent. Yep, one hundred percent. See I'll put that actually I think that belongs on my list too. I'll put that. Yeah. On. Uh Zenic I've never played. Uh and upon emulating it, I see why. It's a mm-hmm. vertically scrolling aerial shooter. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yep. No, fuck that. If it's not Dragon Spirit. Yep. Fuck that. Uh, Assuming you have no Xanic fucking
0: experience at all, absolutely not. And as you can tell, I didn't play a lot of these games. Uh, In fact, I didn't play any of these games. Yep. Um, My preparation—I was busy around the house. I'll put it that way.
1: Yep. I'm sure we'll we'll do better next time, right, Jeff? Yes, we will. (laughs) Uh, And then the last thing on here is a a Sunsoft ad for Spy Hunter. Uh, And this—this was an arcade port, uh, the Bally Midway uh, arcade game. And it's an arcade machine that, like, you know, I wasn't. I didn't have the opportunity, really, to be a big arcade machine player as a kid. You know, Mad Mike was not taking me to fucking arcades. So I didn't have a lot of opportunity to do that. A couple of Aladdin's Castle forays at Midway Mall, I remember, uh, here and there. And then occasionally at, like, skate rinks. uh, And actually, that's where I remember this one. There was one of these machines at Starlight Triple T in Grafton, Ohio, which is probably the most perfect skating rink name, roller skating rink name. (laughs) Starlight, kind of, yeah. Uh, But yeah, they had a machine of this, and like it was cool because you know it had the uh, you know full steering wheel, it had like a gear shift function, and then the actual pedal. which was cool, you know. And then it, you know had a, the 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 gimmick of Spy Hunter is your car gets equipped with like oil s- slick capability and shit like that, uh, which is kind of fun, you know. So again, like whereas normally a racer would not be something I was into, which is the the core, the base functionality of this game or, or g- base mechanic, uh, adding in kind of the action battle... S- Mechanic of 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 trying to get other cars to stop fucking with you uh, was a cool a thing that I kind of yeah enough to make it like
0: yeah fucking tolerable
1: right 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 right. Uh, I'm not I'm not entirely sure I ever played the I'm sure I have played the NES version but uh, my my memory of it is certainly the arcade version Um, much more so. So that's that. And then we're getting on to a a big Legend of Zelda piece here. Um, It's a two-page spread with a full overworld map, which it's not screenshots, but it is a decent illustration version of of the overworld uh, screens. And, um, wow, again, you know, like we can look at this and kind of just whatever today, you know, no big deal. But at the time, seeing all this and like being able to understand this full world Was a first experience thing, you know back then for kids So this had to be like mind-blowing to see it all laid out in front of you like that like right everywhere you can go You know some of the love the levels are labeled on it Um, Just really fucking interesting, you know Um, Probably probably pretty mind-blowing a couple tips too that shows you the white sword and the magical sword and the the screens of the old man giving them to you so, you know what that's that that's a possibility, <laughs> right? Uh, and then it actually, it actually has underworld maps too of uh, uh, levels three, three, four, five, and six, um, which were probably super fucking helpful. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine.
0: Yeah. yeah, that overworld map is fucking nuts. Like, yeah. to because like you would you would certainly want that as you know, as somebody playing this game and then like, boom, Nintendo fan club just drops it on you.
2: Yeah. You're like, oh my
0: God. Thank fucking. Right. God. <laughs> Instead of fucking, what was the game that told you to make your own Metroid, you know, right. yep, make yep, your own yep. fucking maps. Zelda gave it to you. 100%. Yeah. Th-
1: and it too, they actually have a few, uh, the secrets here. They actually show you like where you, you know, there's the screen will have like a little candle on it. If you can, uh, burn a bush. And then there's like a bomb, uh, little logo on screens where you can bomb something on the screen uh, and find a cave uh, and then also the the statues that you can touch and, and they animate and then we'll reveal a staircase those are denoted here um, So yeah, a lot of really really interesting things that a lot of people prior to looking at this had never found which is cool uh, next up is a full page ad for Bandai's family fun fitness and athletic world set that's uh, this ad is so 80s that it hurts, man. Yeah, it's very <laughs> 80s. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo. The googling around about this, uh, because you had the Power Pad, and basically, the way the Power Pad came to be was Nintendo recalled this. Um, uh, I don't know. They got the rights to it from Bandai or bought it from Bandai or something. But they basically recalled this version of it, and then and also the Stadium Events title that utilized it recalled it and then released it as a proprietary first party release the power pad which you had as i said and world-class track meet which was that title that they the the the, uh the three game on a cartridge pack-in cartridge that they that they sold with that play set um which is super interesting that they like saw the value in this and just wanted to entirely rebrand it and like spent the money to recall it and redo it and all that you know it's, it's pretty interesting
0: yeah, because I, I looked at this, and I, I, I knew I had the pad, but I was like, I didn't have that one.
1: Right, so, right, right, right.
0: Um, I knew something was up there.
1: Now yeah. That's actually where the scarcity and value of the stadium events, like that super-scarce stadium events title or, or, or cartridge comes from, is that it, it was not uh, on the market for long. So, of course, there's fewer uh, copies of it out there, you know? Right.
0: Uh, yeah, I the- mean— As a fucking, uh, as, like, this and the the, the later power pad that comes, like, could there have possibly been a more annoying, uh, (laughs) fucking device for video games to parents than this?
1: Yeah. This house is not a fucking, it's not a fucking gymnasium! Right. (laughs) But it kind of is, Mike, because I got this power pad and this track thing. (laughs) That's a, that's a, that's a real quote from, from Mad Mike, my dad. Uh. (laughs)
0: <laughs> but it's it's really but from in his defense, which I won't, you know, whatever. It, it it had to be really fucking annoying. I was jumping around, fucking. like I mean, you're like literally running in the house, like as fast as you fucking.
1: If you're actually if you're actually utilizing it the right way, there were many. the only way to beat world to beat cheetah in world class track meets is to get down your in hands and knees and do your fucking tap thing, which also was not quiet. I'm sure. No. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, now fucking yeah, this this super fun, uh, funny and fun uh peripheral that, that they made but uh,
0: even though they they, they they pulled it back and you know uh, you know they pulled this off and then they put their own out, I can't list another game besides that track thing that used it
1: right that yeah it didn't I mean they' actually it's Ted had, uh my aunt phyllis i assume was it was for her there was a like aerobics workout like the whole idea that was the whole, they called this family fun fitness the idea was this was an active thing that you like could supposedly work out so a lot of the things that are out for it are yes some sort of like Almost you know like uh, the equivalent the, the video game equivalent of the 80s a- home aerobics video you know uh where it like takes you through I remember putting the title putting the cartridge in and of course not being fucking interested other than just the <laughs> the novelty of it but uh yeah it's literally it was literally like a woman on screen going through aerobic things and you would follow along with her on your fucking the because fl- the, the the power pad the Nintendo release had this it, it looked a little different, but this was the actual button set. Uh, on the back side of the power like everyone remembers, the two, uh, the two, the red and blue six-level two-row controls on the front. Right. But on the back, there was that. It wasn't terribly different from this. A little different. It was. I, I think it was still red and blue, uh, and it had kind of like that cross, cross. What stitch cross? I don't know. Like. The pattern on it was like kind of like these crosses all over behind the, the buttons, but it was arranged in this in this arrangement. And the aerobics thing, I remember, used the backside of it. Oh, okay. I didn't even know it had a backside, actually. Yep, 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 yep. Huh. Um, interesting stuff. <clears throat> interesting, unfulfilled, half-assed things, by now.
0: Right. And that was never, like, I, I know why they did it, like, you know, to, like, make it, like, a family active thing. But, like, no one in history got in <laughs> shape from that. Yeah, no, definitely. Right. Like, Definitely, definitely, definitely. It was never going to work.
1: Yep. Uh, so next up is a, uh, a, a, a sneak peek thing. Uh, it continues uh, with the first mention of the Zelda sequel, The Adventure of Link, and RC Pro-Am, too, um, which fun. Data East, like I said, eventually I got into that game. And uh, a Data East ad for some of those games we've already talked about, kind of pushing them as Christmas titles. And then we get into another high score thing. Uh, Super Mario Brothers high scores uh, with that same max high score of just shy of 10 million. There's two Ohio boys in there. I see that, yeah.
0: <laughs> Steubenville, uh, yep, which is – uh, that is not uh, – that's not a good name in the news currently. I'll put it that way.
1: Oh, what's what's going on in Steubenville?
0: There was uh, – it was a few years back. There was like a high school uh, football team.
1: Uh, oh, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I'm real. Okay. Yeah,
0: so Steubenville uh, – Paul Bowman from Steubenville was uh, doing his best to put Steubenville in a good light back then, and it could use it. Yep. And there's
1: also a Findlay, Ohio. Yeah. Uh, Jim Leonard in Finley, Ohio there at the bottom. I know a girl from Finley, Ohio. Yep. Uh, I probably do, story. too. <laughs> <laughs> How
0: would you feel? Though, if I was Jim Leonard, I feel like I almost don't want my score listed here. Because what is it, four people have what seems to be the max score of nine nope. million nine hundred ninety-nine thousand. Philip,
1: Philip Clark is just a hair short. How's that poor he must have been so upset. <laughs> he's only he's only 700 points short of the max score. Right.
0: <laughs> but yeah, you got these other people that have the max score and then you got Jim Leonard 8,557,000 get out of chump. here. What chump. Yeah. Jim, you uh,
1: fucking chump. I love you, Jim, but come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, and then there's actually so they they also have uh their first blurb about the 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 the, the first slayer of Ganon, Um uh, and it's Noah Hoffman who was 13 at the time, and I went down a total Google rabbit hole on this. <laughs> <laughs> did you? Were you able to find him? Yeah, I didn't find I didn't find him personally, but I did find an article uh, in BuzzFeed that profiled him, um, and the article was from 2013. And uh, he he worked he he worked at Adobe as a software engineer at that time okay. uh, and music producer, and he had never he didn't even uh, he never played Zelda after. That initial playthrough, and he does not really even into video games at all now. <laughs> huh? <laughs> yeah, to, the guy that 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 broke that cherry, and he fucking that's not even a game dude. Right. Uh, but crazy. I'll I'll put the, the the link to that article in the show notes because it, it is an interesting read. Uh, and then we get into uh, well, another
0: underneath it where it says, "Can you beat Ganon twice?" Call like was it
1: different? Yeah. Well, they were talking about the second quest, basically. Okay. Right. Right. But it doesn't Dine. tell you how to open the second quest right well it, it it when you beat the game the first time, it just sends you right into it, oh oh okay, I didn't know that yeah, uh, yeah I actually played uh, via you know, not without playing through the first things, uh, although we determined that maybe we didn't beat that either, uh, which is interesting, maybe I, should oh, I know through, I didn't beat it should no. be playing through the first fucking <laughs> quest, even maybe, but I was
0: looking at the uh, overworld map just there, and I was like, I forgot how fucking like uh kind of complicated and, like, advanced that game was. Yeah, well, dude, especially for the time. Oh my! God. Like, I pictured just, like, swords hitting enemies and, like, that's the end of it, but, like, I was starting to see some of the the places you can go and remembering how you get there and whatnot, and I was like, damn, this game's actually kind of involved. Yeah, man. No, it's
1: super deep, like, again, especially for <laughs> the time. Yeah, I'm at, I, I mentioned last night I started playing the second quest, and it's one of my, I guess I should have mentioned that in my now playing section earlier, but um, yeah, it's just fucking hard. Second quest is fucking hard, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh yeah so then um moving on we got the another boring mailbag here on the next page um but they do do uh right after that uh it's the first in a long line of of nintendo what would be nintendo power fan favorite sections uh highlighting individual game counselors uh with those fantastic dated headshots uh, and and for my money chuck here in this issue, is without a doubt the rock star of this group uh, with his little hairdo going on. That's super 80s hairdo he has going on. Well, my um, CBR reader here just crapped out, so I'm going to try and pull this back up. Okay, yeah, it's it's he's he's by far the, the funniest looking one. They all, out. they all look relatively funny. Uh, but that Chuck is no doubt the the superstar. What are we, page 18 that was? Um. Yes, I think think so yeah, here we are
0: let's see chuck yep. here where are you at bottom right. right. yeah definitely
1: <laughs> oh, wow. wow yeah Like, <laughs> i mean there's there's some sort of product or something the preparation for that hairdo had to have been something serious extensive he probably put a little extra time into it for that photo shoot day yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was this big day and here we are uh you know however many years later talking about him
1: so good for you chuck yeah, oh, man. Yeah. And actually uh, on this topic, another show note thing, dude, I just recently listened to uh, a back episode of Retronauts and uh, they did a, a piece on um, episode 160 uh, from I think last July I wrote down here. It's Memoirs of a Game Counselor. And it's basically Jeremy interviewing uh, this guy, Jake Cazadol, mm-hmm. who was a counselor as a teenager, dude. Like he like I might have been even before 18, I think, working there in the late 80s. And he, he was one of the game counselors. He just happened to grow up in uh, the town in Washington where, where they were um, and ended up getting hired there as a kid. So it's super fucking interesting interview talking about what that was like, especially that young. You know, mm-hmm. uh, highly recommend as a as a podcast. Listen, if you're not already consuming every fucking Retronauts episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh and so next page we have uh the rest of the rad racer preview this is like continued from that earlier preview section uh where they talk about the 3d glasses um and there's another ad for tecmo on here uh where they get mighty bomber jack and solomon's key earlier mentioned and then rygar this time uh which rygar dude did you do you remember anything about that i do it's very hard i always wanted to like it but it was like prohibitively hard yeah, it is, and it's also yeah. It is just it's very sprawling, and without some level of direction or guidance, you know, it's kind of hard to. Really and that remember. was a one-hit death too, right? Or was it? No, I think you know you have a you have a life meter on that. I remember being really fucking hard. It is. It is definitely hard, though. No question. Interesting mechanic, though. The little fucking yo-yo or whatever you whack things with. Right. Uh, <laughs> and actually, there's a, there's a Capcom ad here too, dude. That um. It doesn't even list them. You, like, you kind of have to like zoom in real hard and you still can't see all of them. But 1942, which you mentioned earlier, Ghosts and yep. Goblins, Commando, Section Z, and another, like I said, I couldn't see. And they also make a, this is a, a pre-Mega Man Capcom, uh, but they, they mention Mega Man and Bionic Commando as coming soon's here. So those, yeah. those are two big, 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 big NES titles that weren't even out yet when this hit. And uh, some other shit I'd never heard of called Speed Rumbler, <laughs> uh, which I found to be some arcade port. I don't know if they even made it to NES, but they mentioned it as a coming soon here. And I love the the generic '80s superhero art in that ad. Can you see that? Right. Yeah, the uh, the ca- what is it? Captain Commando. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, the Captain Captain Commando game line, Challenge Series, Captain Commando Challenge Series, and then like just archetype '1980s fucking uh, artwork superhero. there. Superhero, super fun. Um. Yeah, I'm sure we don't need to get into those. Uh, these Capcoms popular enough. I'm sure we'll touch on all those later when they're actually out and a big deal. Uh, and that's pretty much closes us out on the issues, man. Uh, this you know next few pages are a full page Nintendo merch order our shit ad. Uh, another Ineas Advantage write up. Uh, I could masturbate to that page, actually. <laughs> uh, an ad for a Sunsoft, Sunsoft title I'd never heard of, Sky Kid. I tried it. It's a shitty airplane side scroller. Um, there is like a semi meritorious uh, mission objective aspect to the gameplay, but for the most part, it's just a shitty side scrolling flying game that's no fun. And uh, and then the the last couple pages are a little bit interesting. They have a, a full page ad for uh, Acclaim's 3D World Runner. And that is another one of the packing oh, yeah. 3D Glass titles, right. um, and I never, you know, I never played this. I kind of vaguely remembered the name, but I opened it up, dude, and like, it's. I mean, I'm not. It's not really. It's like a 3D platformer, pseudo, a pseudo 3D platformer, and you know, that's not really my cup of tea. Mindlessly running around, but visually it's pretty fucking impressive it has like you're running across this landscape and like you know there's like a perspective component to it where the things in the distance are smaller and as they as you get closer they get bigger um like i said quasi 3d feel to it so it was te- te- technologically kind of impressive hmm. not the funnest game i would say but um, i did find it interesting that this is developed by square and doing research about it it's specifically the team at Square, many of the core members, would go on to do the first Final Fantasy. Wow, okay. Yeah, so I think that also puts it in your wheelhouse to maybe look at just for uh, some some fun to see some of that team's early work. Right, uh, yeah. didn't yeah. know that. I I kind of like
0: glossed over that
1: page actually I didn't really pay much attention to it at all it's an ad at the end right Right. Uh, it had in the corner I kind of like this too a fun little thing it had like you could clip the corner of the ad off of the page and mail it in for a free World Runner poster or World Runner poster rather and why wouldn't you do that exactly that's pretty rad no question yeah Uh, and then the very last thing the back cover is a full page fucking ad for Top Gun's upcoming release. Uh, we'll deal with this son of a bitch of a game later <laughs> once it's out, but uh, they do mention a contest here that uh, basically the top four point talliers that you know submit their scores could win an all expense paid trip to something called the Top Gun Shootout on board of the Intrepid Air- Aircraft Carrier turned Museum in New York City, uh, which by happenstance I lived like five blocks from the last mm four years I was in uh, New York uh, in Manhattan, I was like fucking right by that, but I'm sure that would have been pretty much the coolest fucking thing ever. As <laughs> like some Midwestern kid to get to go to New York City, go on to a real area uh, decommissioned aircraft carrier where there's full, you know, fucking Air Force uh, planes on the deck of, uh, decommissioned planes uh, on the deck of, and play Top Gun the video right. game in a contest. Uh, setting would have been pretty amazing, I'm sure. Was the
0: contest to see if anybody could actually get refueled? <laughs> exactly. Because that has
1: to be the contest. If right? you got to that part in the fucking contest, uh, that would have been, uh, yeah, a huge stumbling block, I imagine, for for winning. Yeah, as the... far as I know, that's the end of the game because <laughs> that's all yeah, for like, I ever got. Like I said, fuck it, we'll get to that bitch of a game. That's yes, the refueling part of that game. Holy fuck, I own, I had that title, I had that game, but. Mother fuck. <laughs> I wanted to like it, but you just couldn't. Fucking, yeah, I mean, it was... gameplay-wise, it's, again, like you know, flying simulators are not really my thing. Uh, flying fucking arcade anything, not my deal, necessarily, but that was a pretty fun game, and it looks pretty impressive, but motherfuck was it impossible. Yeah, definitely. Those would be uh, decommissioning. Landing, too. Uh, Refueling is hard, but landing is just as I fucking difficult. I don't know if I...
0: I honestly don't know how far I got. I think I, I think I must have landed at some point. You can't.
1: I mean, yeah, no. It's not impossible to land, but it is not easy. Right. Uh, you can definitely. You definitely probably will die a time, especially if you just fire it back up without you know, in the in the in the groove of playing the game. There's no way in fuck you would land uh, on that aircraft player uh, carrier in the training first mission the first right, time without some so practice. Way. Right. There's no way. There's no yeah. way. It gives you instructions that are not good. Because <laughs> like I might tells watch you a nose up, up nose down, that or something uh yeah the, the person's probably well if you watch a playthrough they probably know what they're doing but they probably know what they're doing right? probably some good videos of people failing at that that are more entertaining than a, than, a, than a straightforward genuine playthrough i
0: guess i just want to see how it
1: actually like ends yeah whatever anyways yeah. moving on so yeah so those are, that's nintendo fun club issue three and that uh is pretty much the end of the core section of of this first episode of the imperial scrolls of honor podcast so thank you for making it through that with us um so, at the end of each one of these episodes, we meant we touched on and, and the instruction manual episode zero, kind of the format of this. But um, at the end of each one of these magazine episodes, we are going to nominate uh, each of us are going to nominate three three games featured in in the the magazine that we just went through. Magazines, in this case, uh, and then argue out which of those six games between the, the two of us we are going to play for next uh, episode that will be about in its entirety, that specific title. So do you want to do your nominations first?
0: Um, I, my, my first inclination was uh, Zelda because we never beat it, and it actually is fun. So uh,
1: <laughs> I don't really want to play Kid Icarus, for instance. Uh, but you wanna, do you want to say for the nomination the second quest, or do you want to do the first? No, I want to do the first. It's been a long time since I played it. I'll have a to start. I'll, I'll and, and save slot two on my save state. I'll I'll start a a, a first quest game then. If, if right. we, we end up going this route. <laughs>
0: what uh? What are some other options here? I kind of forgot. We've been doing this for a while now. I'm supposed to have Dude. this permanent in advance, Jab. Ah, fuck fucking off. Feeling it out. Feeling yeah. it out. Still figuring this shit out. Shut up before I recommend fucking Rygar. Um, what, 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 what's, what's your nomination?
1: Yeah, it's funny my first one's Rygar.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can play that. I could see that as an adult uh, who like, right, has a well, better grasp on things. I bet I could do much better at it.
1: Right. One hundred percent. And like, you know, that's the, that, like we talked about kind of what's the impetus for some of the, the for choosing these, like, you know, I, I don't want to do just nostalgia trips in their entirety for all of them. So like some of them, I mean, yes, I played it, but I basically no real experience with it. So. It would be a challenge. It would be like playing a game for the first time. And, and yeah, Rygar is my first one uh, on that basis. And then my next two, I guess I'm I'm a masochist, man. My next two are Kid Icarus and Ghost and Goblins.
0: Mm.
1: Oh, Ghosts and Goblins, yeah. It's fucking hard, dude. Everything I hear about it is so hard. Um, and, again, it's just a platformer, so that's not even my favorite deal at all. Yeah. I played it a little bit. Um, and doing research for this because it was mentioned and it is out um, as of these issues being on newsstands so I played it a little bit and it fucking is hard it's kind of fun I guess and if you know if it's for the purposes of research I would sit down and do it um, same with Kid Icarus as much as I loathe my experience to date with it maybe if I forced myself into it I would begin to appreciate what uh, people admire about it you know
0: Right, it's got to be something, because people do like it, so there's got to be something
1: there. There's got to be something there, exactly, you know, so. I would hate to get through this whole, the the purpose of this is to broaden our horizons, and I'm sure playing Kid Icarus would would inherently broaden my horizons.
0: Right. Uh, Yeah, those are much better than my Zelda, and I was also going to suggest Solomon's Key, but no, I I think.
1: I'm not opposed to it. I like that would we'll be probably that. Out of all our I don't know, Zelda's fucking fun too, of course, but
0: Yeah. I might just play that on my own. Um Ghosts and Goblins sounds fun. Okay. I I would I would be
1: amenable to that. Okay. That's probably time commitment wise. Not that we should be worried about that, I guess, but time commitment wise is probably the least time commitment too. Oh, uh Okay. Well, if you're open to it. I know. Yeah, I'll do that. Cause I, really... I think
0: I played that actually over at uh like AJ Kelms house. If you remember that.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, yeah. No, I feel like 100%. He might have had that. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah, I saw I it
0: played it. and I think I enjoyed
1: what I saw, but I don't. Ever, I never really got into it myself. Yeah, fun AJ Kelm story, dude. When I we were I played it. We were playing Blades of Steel, oh, and yeah. he got he had a serious anger management problem, and uh, we were like age seven maybe. And uh, I beat him in Blades of Steel. Uh, I think I just beat him in a fight, actually. I didn't beat him in the actual whole game. I just beat him in a fight in Blades of Steel, and he got so mad, he threw his controller through his window. I remember, like, I had such a vivid memory in my mind. I can picture it. Yeah, it's on the second floor uh, of their house, and the corner. Yeah, and his the controller was still plugged into the Nintendo, and the actual pad, the game pad, was laying out on the roof. And his dad came up there and beat the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah, that checks out. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's exactly how it went. <laughs>
0: yeah, oh funny. my god. He yeah, man. Yeah, well Yeah. Sorry. Well,
1: sorry sorry. Well, sorry for that day, AJ, if you're out there. Yeah, that oh God you got his ass beat. But it's one of my favorite childhood memories. <laughs> uh, um, okay. Ghosts and goblins it is. Ghost Moving on. Goblins, yeah. That was less argument and more uh that was easier than I thought it would be. Yeah, no, I thought I like- there'd, be more, there'd be more debate. Uh, OK, so Ghosts and Goblins next uh, next game. Our next episode will be on Ghosts and Goblins and we will go through it. Talk about gameplay a little bit about its history. Maybe not a lot, though, much more. I, I kind of want to just go through stage by stage and talk about our experience playing it. And um, hopefully we'll beat it and be able to talk about that all the way to the end. Yeah. Uh, most likely relying on some safe states. And uh, then after that, we will be doing the next issue episode will be, again, Nintendo Fun Club News issues four and five, uh, cutting it down to just two issues in that case, because uh, they're getting longer now. And uh, as you go further into the into the Nintendo Fun Club lineup, each one's a little longer than the previous. So issues four and five on that. And yeah, that is the Imperial Scrolls of Honor podcast episode one. Uh, You can subscribe to the pod on all the places you listen to pods, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, Android, TuneIn, Spotify, actually not Spotify, I'm sorry, but TuneIn, and you can follow us on Facebook to keep up with us. You can email us if you want to tell us how bad this first uh, episode was at isohpodcast at gmail.com. And then us individually, if you want to follow us, Jeff. What are your social media links? Uh, I have absolutely no social media,
0: and neither should any of you. You should delete them all. <laughs> so uh, don't ever use social media.
1: Right, <laughs> it's so, terrible. I knew that was. I knew that was the case. So Jeff, you're never gonna have social media, right? I hate it. Okay. Never use it. Okay, I wanted to get that on record that Jeff will never have social media. So keep yeah, that in mind as time. Absolutely no way. And my socials. Uh, <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter. Just at my name at. Uh, Josh Folan, J O S H F O L A N, and then on Instagram at my shift key is broke. Uh, <laughs> at my shift key is broke. Um, no punctuation or anything in there. Um, yeah, we'll do fucking better next time. Thanks for listening. See ya.